Explore today's must-have trends and innovative styles at Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. Shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends. Explore wall-to-wall deals, furniture, flooring, mattresses, home accents, seasonal favorites, and more. Discover unique new home decor, pillows, accessories, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of Mrs. B's Clearance and Outlet. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Listening to the Career Musician Podcast with creator and host Nomad. With 20 plus years of experience in the music industry, Nomad has done just about everything to earn a living as a career musician. From being music director to celebrity artists, playing iconic arenas and stadiums, composing for film and TV, and even playing your average local club gigs, he's done it all. Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. Welcome to another episode of the Career Musician Podcast with guest Xander Smith and his good buddy, Baron Graft. Now, Xander, as a guitarist, he has played with, recorded, or written with Linda Perry, The Runaways, Dee Dee Ramone, Adam Lambert, Steve Perry, George Lynch, Lisa Loeb, and Herb Alpert. The list goes on from there. In addition, he's got one of those right and left brain things going on, so he's really good with logistics, and he loves managing things, so he started managing Herb Alpert's band. Yes, that's right, Herb Alpert of the famed A&M Records. Now, Baron Graft is the guy who connected Xander and myself, and Baron is in sales. And I always say there's a lot of sales that goes into being a musician because basically you have to sell your skill set to the client. I love these words of wisdom by Xander. Be where you say you're going to be, when you say you're going to be there, and be on time with a good attitude. Look, that is the basic M.O. of any career musician. That's rule number one. We'll check out this great episode with Xander and Baron right here, the Career Musician Podcast. Xander Smith, welcome to Nomad's Place Studios for the Career Musician Podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Now, run, run, run. So I just made a faux pas and called you Xander Run. That's okay. I basically (laughs) am, right? That, That would be the way. I like it. I like it. Seriously, I really appreciate it. And two things that I have to say right yeah, off the The Ramones bat. would do that. Oh, see? There yeah. you go. 
I have to say right off the bat, I could tell you were a career musician. Why is that? Well, because the way you <laughs> answered my email. Yeah. And not only not only could I tell you were a career musician, but I could tell you were in some form of management uh-huh. because you actually responded to each question discussion topic in my email oh yeah yeah yeah. i was like okay this cat knows what he's doing right you know i love that right and number two when you came here today to the studio you just have all your things together you just you know i could tell you're a road cat Mm. from past you know i'm sure you're a studio cat too but i could tell you have experience in both lanes so well okay i'm glad it shows i love a lot of hard work (laughs) i love it right exactly and a lot of people take it for granted how much hard work it takes right yeah yeah. So, okay, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Tell me about yourself, where you're from. I'm sure as my listeners know, and you can tell, I'm mm. an East Coaster. You're an East but, Coaster, yeah, for yeah. sure. Excellent. But tell me about you. Okay, well, um, I'm a rarity. I'm uh, born in Los Angeles, California. Oh, man, you are. The real deal. You're an anomaly. I'm a unicorn. Yes. <laughs> born, not only that, but born right there at the end of Pico uh, in Santa Monica, California, right on the beach there. Wow. Yeah, so early 70s. Um, was born here and, um, and then, uh, my parents moved us out, uh, uh, to Phoenix, Arizona mm-hmm. when I was in grade school. And the reason that plays into the story is it wouldn't be that interesting, but it, it really did shape how I did, how quickly or slowly I got involved in the music. So in the early days, my mom's a hippie. There's records everywhere. I'm not a, a straight square kid that doesn't know anything about music till high school. I mean, day one, my mom is is like, here's a guitar. Yeah. Here's Neil Young. Yeah. Let's get this going. I bet you when you were in the womb, she was playing all kinds of oh, stuff too. So. Yeah. They only moved out to yeah. California from Detroit okay. uh, because of the mamas and papas and all that whole set, oh, 60s wow. stuff, you know, all the hippie stuff. So That's cool. So it's all around. It's everywhere. My dad... Yeah. Uh, gifted musician, my grandfather, who I was named after, professional musician in uh, in uh, Austria and Bulgaria and all around Europe. I mean, like orchestra leader, oh, had his wow. own radio station. I've got, I found some sheet music when my dad passed. The whole deal. That's cool. Viola player. That's really cool. Grandmother concert pianist. So music's around everywhere. Okay. Right, and so that's that's that. But we move out of Southern California. To Phoenix, which is a very different scene. Totally. Total culture shock for me as a kid. Um, I've already got longish hair. I already know how to play Beatles songs and Dear Prudence by the time I'm six, seven. And then I'm in Phoenix, which was interesting. So it kind of, in a weird way, sort of slowed me down in that. The only thing in Phoenix is heavy metal Uh and and country music. In fact, I just did a gig out in Phoenix about a month ago and turned on and the same radio station is playing the same Still. 10 songs that they were in 1982. <sighs> I mean, That's it's, a trip, bro. It, I turned on, it's Scorpions, it's Sammy Hagar, it's... <sighs> Hard rock and heavy metal, right? We can get into a whole side tangent because I wonder how the hell do we still have the same playlists for 40, 50 years or more? It's it's a little bizarre. Well, yeah, they got their lane and they know their listenership and they don't want to veer from it. And everything is niche specific today with music. But anyway, that so what happened was is where maybe somebody on the coasts or the big Uh, cities might get introduced to a bigger spectrum of music earlier kind of slowed me down. My my dad's only listening to Weather Report, okay? He's only listening to jazz and classical. Yeah, that's heavy, man. Right? Doesn't like pop music at all. Right. Not interested. My mom, hippie rock all day long. So I've got these influences in these records, but nobody knew. So I'm missing out on the things that are coming out 
in the early 80s. I'm totally missing out on New Wave and punk rock oh, okay. and all this stuff. So I get, you know, so my roots are basically classic rock. So I got all those chops. So when I pick up the guitar, I'm learning electric guitar off of Judas Priest. I'm listening to Beatles. I'm listening to all these classic rock bands, and I've got that DNA. But then when we move back here, mm. none of my friends are listening to that at all. So I go into the closet as far as my classic rock roots. Because if you're living in L.A., okay, in the 80s, it's, you know... Progress. It's Jane's Addiction. It's The Cure. Mm. It's The Smiths. It's oh, it was on the outer edge then. See, I wasn't. I don't know. I'm not from here. Yes. Yeah, got you. And I'm like, what? Whole new difference What's happening here? Yeah. So, and I got to go in the closet about my classic rock roots because my friends are like Depeche Mode, and they're like, what do you mean you're listening to? Uh, but yeah, that is the new rock and roll mo, and that's what I just said to him. I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, I could tell that you're a career musician. Because you handled my email so nicely, he answered all of the discussion topics right. one by one. I was very impressed. Yeah. And then he just showed up, you know, before on time, which I always say on time is late, mm-hmm. early is on time. Yeah. You know, so. Listen, if anyway. Keith Richards can quit smoking, you and I can show up on time to a podcast. See, there you go. I mean, if we want to stay in the game, <laughs> we need every edge possible. See that weight? There's so much weight in that statement you just made. Staying in the game. I mean, okay, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so, so now, now you you're know, talking about L.A. That's the beginning. But you're talking about this punk post-something? What I'm saying is I don't know this is even happening. Right, but it is intrinsically. Okay. Yeah. So I see a kid. I'm late in the game on this, although I got a deep knowledge of our parents' music and what we call classic rock, which was also big in, we'll say, the flyover states and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, the, but the peers I'm about to go up against for gigs are way ahead of me as far as alternative, what would be pre-alternative new wave and punk rock music, yeah. which would shape the way, you know, guitar playing it. So I'm sitting there and I'm learning Diver Down. <laughs> I'm I'm 11, 12, and I'm yeah. I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah. Learning all that, you know. That wasn't a, an easy album because he used a lot of weird effects. A lot of weird effects. Yeah. He wasn't in keyboards yet. Yeah. Underrated Van Halen album oh, for that reason. One of my faves. I With love all it. the delay stuff people he's doing. Hate, oh, come on. People hate dancing in the streets, That's right? That's the best. But what is, what's that music? What's happening? What is that? Okay, exactly. you hate that With song that so much. delay. You tell me what's happening. Exactly. What the, what the figure fuck? Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. It's not a keyboard. It's clever as it's, hell, bro. You're going to take a Motown song. Yeah. It's crazy sounding. So, you know? And David's do. Of course he's of doing course. that he's song. Like, that's who he is. Yeah. And that's fine. But that's why they made such a great team. I love that record. It's Me too, bro. Okay. See, can, give me something. Look at that. Look at that. But living in Phoenix, I don't know that that's just the diver down symbol. That's all that uh, is, that record. All, yeah, it's the just sl- a, a diver. It's drive a around flag. Redondo Beach, any surf, you see oh, that sign everywhere. That's what they put. You're not going to see it in when Arizona. You're not going to see it in Arizona. So I'm confused, right? Anyway, I get here with all these chops, yeah. and I pick up a, 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 a guitar magazine, the guitar, the sure. one that was called Guitar, and I'm looking through it, and it's talking about Johnny Marr. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about Johnny Marr. There's no Smiths happening in Phoenix. It's all it's right. it's the Red Rocker, man. It's Sammy Hagar all day long out well, there. This is also an interesting difference between... I would imagine like being a musician at that time yeah, and being yeah. a musician now is there's no internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's oh, no, like your exposure was so much more limited geographically. Right. We had just, what, what was popular where you were? We was had, big. we had one kid, Mike Chavez, huh. who showed up in 1984. Okay. With, with, with Doc Martens. 
skinny Hispanic kid, shaves on the side, Mohawk-esque, oh, wow. all in black. And he was the coolest, weirdest kid in school and a guitar player. And just to tell you how, how not hip we were where I was living <laughs> in Phoenix, he had just, he played us the first single off the new U2 record, which would be Ooh, the Joshua Tree. Oh. Okay, Come 1985. On. Epic, epic. And it oh. was it was with or without you, mm. which is about as tame, wonderful, but as tame as you get. We're not talking Sex Pistols here, right? No. But he's like, he pitched it as if this is going to change music. Check out this is you too. They're from Ireland, well, and we were like, it did, <laughs> and it did. But it was it wasn't. If you were that kid, yeah, yeah, in yeah. in in Chicago, New York, or L.A., mm. you, you didn't know. Let me play you. Early Echo and the Bunnymen. Let me play you Roxy music. Let me play. You're not going to play. Check this out. Right, right. Even no, October, right. something early YouTube. That's as that's as out as we could even get. Was of that course. one kid at it? Shout out to Mike Chavez. Yeah, you, Mike Chavez. Chavez. Where where is that? Yeah. You guys keep up. With and him by or? the way, yeah, I never saw him again. But he had a little band called Technical Difficulties, and his title song was a. Uh, I said that sounds great. High guitar part. He wasn't even a YouTube fan. You know who he was a fan of? The Alarm. Remember that band, The Ooh, Alarm? The Alarm, yeah. From Wales, dude. yeah, who was a U2 sounding kind of band. Wow. But maybe, we don't know, maybe U2 was an Alarm sounding band, you know? You never know. Oh, you, of course you don't. I was just going to say that. How you would don't you know? know? Yeah, you don't we know. We don't know the old You the only know what Tower gives you, man. That's what mm, I'm saying. At that time, Tower Records he's referring to. If you don't know, Google it, babies. So, okay, so that's the deal. So, that, so when I get back here, so I'm reading yeah. this magazine with Johnny Marr. He's yeah. talking about... He's talking about the the alternative guitar solo. He's talking about no hammer-ons, no this and that. Like, oh, and his his the, al a, the alternative guitar solo. Okay, the, the approach yeah. to guitar playing. And I'm like, who is this guy? Mm. What do you mean there's no lead in this thing? What's mm -hmm, going on? Mm -hmm. You know, later on to find out that wow, I mean, the Smiths yeah. is really something. That's a band that's taking. I mean. Other than the Doors, I don't know what other band is is in its own lane where it's like you can't even describe what music they play. Mm. You've got this weird poet singer that's not really even singing, totally on top of this like mix of rockabilly and like yeah. you know I mean the chord changes and the sounds and the effects that Johnny Marr is doing it blew my mind it totally changed me because right. when I held that up against Van Halen or Shanker or any of the the heavy metal guys who. Uh, Unmistakably, Shanker, yeah, 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 are amazing. Yeah, I was like, "Well, this is an interesting approach right. to guitar." Right, talk about it. So then I just had like, Shift, yeah, yeah, I just had this back and forth dilemma for really the rest of my musical career. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's probably why I think it's why I am not known or more successful is because yeah. I lived in the gray area because I, I just can't stay in a mm. lane. Because you need to, that's Gosh, what we talked about. You want to, if you want to get known, you got to commit, you got to stay in a thing. lane. And that's, and you got to just push, push, push at that. Look, this thing. At mid 40s, I'm just now committing to that. I'm starting to buckle down and really commit to that. So, I mean, you're pre, I'm just I, I, testifying to the fact that you're preaching over here. Yeah. So, so, okay. I'm not making excuses. I get it no. now. And, and I'm happy that this happened. But I think. When we decide early on in our lives that we are going to pursue music as a career, most times we are the talent, the raw talent is there, and most times we love everything 
Yep. So it really is hard to commit. It's not our fault, quote unquote. And again, I'm not, like you said, I'm not complaining. We're not trying yeah, to yeah. paint the picture of woe is us. Not that at all. But because your tastes were so diverse. I think what happens from the guys I've talked to and gals yeah. that you know, um, they've all said a similar thing to me, which is at the end of the day, if you're if you want to be in show business, you, you need a paycheck, right? right? And and it chooses you. So if you get signed or you get a gig playing guitar with someone or whatever it is, and it's paying your bills, which, you know, when you're 15, it's Amen. unthinkable. Right. <laughs> you kind of just shut up and go with it. And especially when it happens, you're like so excited. And, yeah. it, and it defines the lane. And that's why you mm-hmm. see later on these side projects and stuff. If you talk to, mm-hmm. if you talk to Johnny Marr, you'll know that he was a hard rock guy. And they, like me, and probably like some other people, that's why he had those chops disguised. But Joe Moss, who found Morrissey okay. uh, in, in a drag queen bar, wearing fruit on his head, <laughs> doing lip syncing, right, in the late right. 70s up there in Manchester, he knew, and this guy, this guy put a lot of Manchester bands together. He looked at this guy, and he's like, that guy's a star. Period. Uh, he just has a stage presence, like, and he had Johnny Marr, who was listening to Slade and a lot of seventies uh, hard rock, smart hard rock bands, yeah. Sweet and all these bands. Sweet and Slade, wow, good who, bands. Who's seeing the Sex Pistols? He's seeing the Clash. He sees that movement going on, wants to be a part of it, but has the chops mm. from before. And Joe Moss says, "Listen, I got you. Need a lead singer. Let me. I'm going to take you to meet this guy." And Johnny Marr walks in and says, no way. Is that how <laughs> no this all way. transpired? Are you kidding me? That's my wow. least singer. He says, he's a star and you're, listen, you're 18, 19, whatever. And you got the chops. Let's and do it. we Come got on. Rough Trade interested, which is going to go upstream to Seymour Stein. So you're going to be a sire. And you know what I mean? Like their trajectory was a sire was the pretenders. Depeche Mode, oh, yeah. Madonna, all like the, he wow. was way ahead of the curve on all of these bands. There were so many more. And isn't that, wouldn't that be post-punk slash new wave? It would be. Like that whole term? It would be. Yeah. But even yeah. that was probably a, a bummer or not what Johnny Marr was shooting for, you know? But, but Johnny got, did really well. So but Yeah, <laughs> but, but Johnny was like, all right, whatever. And then you're kind of yeah. like in this thing. But I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you, if he if it left to his own devices, you might have seen different guitar parts. Different. In fact, mm. Robert Smith's Robert Smith married his high school sweetheart. Mm. Okay, he's been with her forever, and her brother was in when the Cure went from three to like four or five guys. He's he was in the band for all the '80s, mm. and he was a shredder. And it killed Robert Smith, but he couldn't kick him out of the band because his <laughs> his sister was his wife. Oh. And if you listen, can you imagine that, Baron? <laughs> it, it, if you listen to "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me," which is yeah. really the the album that kind of broke them, turned them into a potential arena band. People right. don't realize this, but the Cure played the Rose Bowl here, right? When they did the Wish tour, and that's that's big. That's huge. That's huge for alternative yeah. bands that's on K Rock. That's so funny. So if you listen to "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me," and you listen to some of those songs, and it's all alternative. I, I can show you which songs, as it's fading down, as we used to fade songs, right? Mm-hmm, right, right. You can hear, he you sneaks hear in here, <laughs> where he just... A little beetle a beetle huh? He just couldn't get him out in time. It pokes through. That's awesome. Okay, I feel like we need a reintroduction. First of all, I had no idea that you were such the music historian, so I can't wait to hear more. 
All right. So we have Xander Smith here uh, who's telling us his story. And this 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 uh, little uh, tangent came about because I just asked you about where you're from and your influences, which is perfect because, again, as you stated earlier, you're you're all over the place. Your tastes are so diverse. So you really showed us that. I love that. Now, introducing Baron Graft sitting right next to you. Of course. And now we so so Baron although is not a career musician, not is, even a musician. Is probably <laughs> one of the biggest music aficionados I know, and I know you from our daughters and we've known each other geez, less I mean what? 8 years? Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Like now. years now. Uh, yeah. Burbank Dad's group over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dad's group all around. Culver City, Burbank it's all the same. Yeah. So now we know a little bit about you, Xander. Let's talk about how you guys crossed paths and met and why I'll you guys stayed that. so tight. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just it's just a very weird confluence of events. We met through mutual friends. I found out he has a band. I'm really into, I mean, what he calls our parents' music. Like, that's always been my that. music, right? And so... When he and I start talking, oh, you're in a band, we start talking about music, and it's just, it just becomes this, like, it just kind of feels like an ongoing 10-year conversation about yeah. music. Because yeah. when even if we haven't seen each other for a while, one of us will call the other one, or we'll run into each other, and it's, oh, hey, I heard this, hey, what about right, this? Right. And, and we're not talking about, like, oh, this album that just came out, it's always like, oh, hey... I heard this the other day, and we're talking about like a Led Zeppelin album from right. forty years ago, or you know whatever it might be. One of my favorite, one of my favorite tangents that we've gone on is um, we've got this very weird thing around the song "Jesse's Girl" mm-hmm. by Rick Springfield. I freaking love that song. It, it's it's a crazy That's song, the cla- most classic guitar riffs ever, and, yeah. and it just shows up out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like you complete Jesse's oh, yeah, girl is not like true. for me. Jesse girls, it's not like life changing. Mm-hmm. To me, there's nothing in that music that you go, "Wow!" Like what you're talking about, like oh, well, music changed after that. That's not it. It just like occasionally resurfaces for you, and That's it's just right. like. Oh yeah, Jesse. Oh, this is a good song. Oh, it's still in rotation girl. on the on the radio. Everywhere, you know, so, XM yeah. shows up all yeah, the time. Right. Yes. And so now, whenever we hear Jesse's girl, just pick up the phone. Give you a call. Hey, <laughs> Universe wants me to call Xander. Yeah. I'm gonna give Xander I like a call. That. That's the real reason for that's Jesse a girl. cool yeah. little uh, what do you call it? alert alarm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just oh yeah, I need to connect. I with gotta him. call my yeah. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That said, I'll have something to say. About whatever he calls me about. Oh, gotcha. So it started right. with, right. what do you think about Jesse's girl? Right. Listen, I have a really low bar to make an impression on me about music. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I love, I love seeing anyone just get out there it. and do it. Yeah. You don't have to have made it. That's you right. You don't have to have had it, but you know. I agree. But even at a level of like Jesse's girl, it made an impression. I remember, I'm old enough, seeing him do that song on American Bandstand. Wow. I remember that day and they were a power trio. And gave him credit is is whatever the, the hipsters want to say about Rick Springfield or whatever. I remember going, guy's a good guitar player. Yeah. And that for a trio, they're delivering right now. For a trio to hold up that kind of a tune? Because that's yeah. not a simple tune. It's complex. It's, I know. And but the, it sounds the, simple. The average listener thinks he's just, just singing a silly song. No, no but no, there's man. so many little intricacies with the riffs and the harmonies and the counterpoint mm-hmm. between the vocal and the riffs. So, and, I mean, something that you might not know as a musician, when, especially when you're playing an instrument and singing, I can't even imagine how drummers do it, but even guitar, to play certain rhythms 
syncopated rhythms on guitar sure. and then sing a totally right. different rhythm. Right. That's one of the hardest things to learn. Really Wouldn't is. you agree? I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So a simple pop song like that, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Right? For those who might not be. Yes. <laughs> so let's hear for Rick. Okay. All right. So, so all right. Detroit family, but yep. you grew up here in LA, then you yep. went to Arizona, you came back here. You originally are from Missouri. Bam Missouri. Yeah. And what brought you out west? I, I moved out west in 2000. I was chasing an acting career that never really got off the ground. Oh, you never told me that. Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's what originally brought me out here. So I had a background in theater and tech theater, and I was thinking, like, ah, I'll go out there. It was kind of funny because I was deciding between New York and L.A. and having lived through, like, 23 Missouri winners. I was like, I want nothing to do with the winner <laughs> anymore. Over it, yeah. and, but it really was just like a total flip of the coin. Wow. I could have gone either direction and I wound up coming out here and you know, I was like, that didn't work out. But then, I mean, apologies to anybody listening in the flyover States, but when you, <laughs> when you grew up in rural, I'm Missouri, trying to buy a house by the way. And, and then for you, you're better. smart. Me and too. then you're in Los Angeles. It's <laughs> right, just like, right. it's a, it's like, why, why would I go back? Yeah. You know, it's kind of where no, I, I get to. it. And but now, then we get to this age, we want to go back. <laughs> like, give me yeah. a flyover state. Oh, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> things you start to miss. Yeah, sure. of course. Yeah. And quality of life and peacefulness and all sure, those things. Sure. And, you know, I mean, let, let's face it. The hustle in L.A. is hard regardless. Yeah. No matter what line of work no you're in. No matter what you it's do. Just, it Listen, is what it just is. driving over here. Right. That's all we talk about is, is traffic, oh. right? No, but just driving over here from Culver City. Don't tell me. I checked it. It was a, a total breeze. It wasn't one stop. Oh, wow. It took... 30 minutes, 25 minutes or something. Wow, that's from unheard Tito's of. Tacos to your door, okay? And when I got here, you shouldn't have to feel like it, like it was Christmas morning, right? <laughs> that I got a, here a without, meeting, right? at, at 12.30 in the afternoon with no traffic. I was like, it's oh amazing. Which just happened. Yeah. I almost wanted to get back on the freeway and just <laughs> do, some in, laps. do some laps before the cars came. But I mean, just to be clear, and, and anybody listening uh, to this that's awesome. not from Los Angeles, I want, I want to make this point. Like, this is how I feel is like, you always hear people complain about the traffic in LA yeah. because... That's literally the only thing to complain about about it Los well, Angeles. Okay, the weather's well, amazing. On. The weather is amazing, but let's you since can you do brought whatever it up, you want to do. You could do mountains. You, you could do, do skiing. You could do the beach. You could do this. You could do all that. All the same you day. Could do you do Hollywood. You all yeah. in the same day. I agree. I agree. If you want, but let's talk about the big giant pink elephant in the room because it's freaking me out. Yeah, yeah. The big one is on its way, and they say it's not a matter of when. It's a matter uh, not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. But where are you going to go that you're not going to have a natural disaster? I grew up with tornadoes. My sister lives in Florida. It's yeah, no, my buddies in Nashville just had a giant tornado. I, I get it. it there's something I grew up everywhere. with hurricanes in Florida yeah. and New York, but but New York really was just cold weather. I don't think there's any natural disasters. Uh, well, on except the East for Coast, when the power the grid goes down. The power grid. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and the sea level rising in New York. Okay, there's well, look, always we're, we're destroying the planet, so I think yeah, exactly. There's all that's going to happen. Listen, there's yeah. only one deciding factor for me of where I live. That's it. You What's ready? That? Yeah, it's mosquitoes. Look, are I you just, serious? I just can't hang, and I'm, that's why I'm here. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's the only thing. I like I'll the fact... I'll sell everything I have to live somewhere where there's no mosquitoes. Done. That's I like it. the fact that that's your reason, but I also like the fact that the mosquitoes are here in L.A., but not quite as bad as other places. No, not like anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> not yeah. like Missouri. Not like Missouri. Right. Not like yeah. anywhere. You're right. Anywhere. Right. Minnesota, South Carolina. Because we don't have that humidity. Let me tell humidity, you. Humidity, like swampy. Let me tell yeah. you, we did a gig, one band, way back when, 
we were out in South Carolina, got this mm-hmm. great gig. It was on this military base, one of those where they pay for the whole thing. And mm. I don't know why we were doing the show. Oh, yeah. But it was a fine. one-off. We flew out there, and the guy lived off of a golf course. He had a huge ranch house with a big picture window. Oh, yeah. Everyone had their own bedroom. No hotel. Oh, it was so gorgeous. great. I always wake up early. It's yeah, beautiful outside. Yeah, you go outside. out for they a run or a walk. Huge lawn. Yeah. I saw the lawn chairs, and I was like, oh, what am I God. doing inside? God. Guys are all passed out because musicians mm-hmm, sleep mm-hmm, till one. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I walk out there. I'm getting in that lawn chair. I made a lemonade, and I sat down. Mm. And 10 minutes later, I was it was like Viet Cong You're everywhere. Beat up. And I was like, what is happening right yeah. now? And I was yeah. like, ran back inside, bites everywhere. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. And then I knew about mosquitoes. And I right. was like, oh, yeah, you want to hear about mosquitoes? Let me tell you about Minnesota. You're, you got a Let point. Let me tell you about it. And I was like, "You got a point." That's it. I'll yeah. take. I'll even take uh, ice and. All yeah, that they're stuff. brutal. They're brutal. <laughs> okay. So I want to. I want to ask a question though, because you mentioned something that kind of is something I've always kind of wondered about. Is you mentioned like at an early age you mm. realize like, oh, I'm into music. I want to do mm. this. So I, I'm. I'm. I've always been curious. Like, what is there a moment? Is there Something that occurred for either one of you guys, or is it just like a feeling that develops? What what was it that happened that made you go, not only like, I like playing music, but like, I'm really mm-hmm. going to go after this. I'm going to go all chips in and push and, and try to make this happen. I have myself. a good analogy. I'll keep mine short. When did you find out that you liked girls? <laughs> See, there's no one point that it happened. You said you didn't wake up one day and say, Oh my god, I like girls. And then, oh my gosh, I have a crush on this one. And, oh my gosh, I'm infatuated, infatuated with the opposite sex. It didn't happen just instantly. It's just something that kind of, right? It's just inside, it, it, it just, just felt like it, it was it always there. and develops. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're more aware of it. That's how I could describe it. Right. I don't know if you would agree with that, but. Um, well, the, the answer is kind of two part. One is the creative and one is the business side, right? Right. Because Great. not everybody that plays that's right. an instrument. Yeah. That's what I'm curious. Is on, oh, okay. That's is, different. Is on, yeah. is on, on the, the John Bon Jovi train, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the like, I'm going to sweep up studios. I'm going to do everything Super I can. Successful. Wear whatever you tell me. That's right. Play whatever style I need to do yep. to make it that's to right. be a business. Right? right. And that's a... Fortunately or unfortunately, my story, which is so it eclipsed my whole um, uh, adult life early on. Mm. And it hit me early on. Uh, in the beginning, when I'm six, seven, eight years old, and you know, my parents' friends are around, like I said, they're all hippies and there's music everywhere all the time. And I hear certain things, I'm not sure which one, but I remember the White Album as being something because you know you hear these early Beatles things and I heard the White Album and I knew right away it was more sophisticated and there was a lot of territory being com- covered and I picked up a three-quarter size guitar and f- and figured out Dear Prudence mm. and I was like oh wait a minute I could see all the colors here and I had a, a, a you know an affinity for it and I was able to get closer to inside that music I was like, okay, this is something that I is special for me. I'm good at, you know, maybe it might be different sports, whatever right. for someone else. Where I was like, okay, this could help kind of be part of my identity and also get, bring me pleasure. I really enjoy right. this thematically. Right. So I was a, a music head from the beginning, but I don't know why at nine ten I'm like, I should get a band together. Yeah. Right. And not a band I, together, I, just as you say, just to get girls with it, but it just seemed like organizing and trying to put that into motion became important to me. Yeah. 
and you that's know, that gut intuition that you can't deny and let me tell you um if you were ever in a band with me until i grew up some you're like fucking asshole leave me alone dude i just was like what's the deal where's the beer oh, where's man. the beer coupons or whatever like i was what are you way. so intense about because if you a were of course you have to you be were in fifth grade with me yeah when we entered the the, the the contest, the talent contest, we were winning, <laughs> to, to, and we were trying to decide between an REO song and Back in Black, which one we were going to play. Yeah. And the only reason you were in a band with me was because you played, you kind of played drums in the marching band, yeah. and you your brother owned a bass. Like I, I was making you, I was just, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, right. and we were and we were having band practices at my house. Yeah, that was happening at ten. Yeah. 10 and 11. These guys were like, can we go play? Can we go ride motocross? Like, what is... I like, used to... You don't understand. <laughs> Wait till we get there. Yeah, Wait till we win this right. thing. You're going to thank me for this. I used to do the same thing. We would rehearse in the garage or the basement up in New York. Every Saturday, we would do an eight-hour rehearsal. I'd make the guys bring a bagged lunch. Guys, we're not <laughs> okay, hanging... Okay, now no, you... No, guy. Guys, we're not hanging at the 7-Eleven or the pizza joint down the street. Bring a freaking bag lunch. We're, we got to work. I was the same way. So, look, you were a born leader. And I think that's the other part of it. That's where the business meets the creative, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you're a leader, right? If you're a born leader, I mean, and, and I don't mean to sound pompous at all. Sure. It's just it's, you have this quality in you that you can organize people and you can rally the troops and motivate them and, and, and really steer yeah. your, your team towards that goal, right? That unified goal. What's interesting, though, is that a lot of, there are, I won't say a lot, but there are many kids that might have this tendency, right? But, um, but why is it, it's not a good mix if you're going to mix it with musicians and like creative types. I think you're They don't right. want to be bossed they around. Don't, they don't so want to be right. organized, right? <laughs> so I mean, if you're Reese Witherspoon, Oof. right? And you want yeah. to, and you're like speech and debate, you got, you got yeah, it yeah. together. Or you want to be, you're, yeah. you're like a... Kobe, young Kobe Bryant, or you want to yeah. be like on soccer or baseball, and you're like, come on, guys, let's rally, let's do this. Yeah. It's set up to be organized, That's right. to be successful. Whereas, I mean, we're delinquents, Music right? is not, you're right. It's such a weird thing to be. So it's kind of a, uh, it was kind of a bummer to be that guy, but at the same time, I, I just, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. And as you start to see success, you know, and it starts working out, and some kids drop off, but some kids jump on. They're like, wait a minute. You know, you're getting paid for this, or yeah. you're playing the school dance. I want to play the school dance right. because all the girls care that I'm playing the school. You know, I started yeah. all of a sudden. I'm like, people started coming around me because yeah. they saw an opportunity. Yeah, and I think when when I was saying, and let me clarify, when I was saying about when did you find out you knew you like the opposite sex or whatever it is, same sex or whomever, or you like somebody. I'm saying that same feeling that happens. That wasn't my motivation. Right, right. It's the same feeling. So sure. it just, it's the same thing that just kind of evolves over time. Yeah. You know? I always equate it as like, it, it doesn't feel like something I have to learn. Mm -hmm. It right. feels like something I just know how to, to do. do. And, and I think that goes I back to what on, you were saying. Yeah. 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 But I guess what I'm curious about is like, what, when is the moment where you're like, I, I'm going to do this as a job? Because, I, you know, I would ah, say right job. up there with like athlete. Uh, you know, whatever yeah. else you want to put, act or whatever else you want to put out there. Like, becoming an uber-famous musician, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at the same kind of odds. Mm -hmm. If you, group, if you a, put a group a of 10-year-old kids together right, right. and you go, one of you is going to be a, you know, 
You'd have Superstar, to get a pretty yeah. big group of kids. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you about the, the, You're right. the, the you know, the, the one part of my plan that wasn't, that didn't work out in that, the, I don't know if you want to call it denial or misinformed or whatever, but there were so few kids that were that committed that early on to yes. like doing music that I thought it was a natural conclusion. I did not know that the odds were that bad. Right. I would read about the one that, like I said, the only reason I know about John Bon Jovi is everyone's like looking at whatever's going on with their career and how many records are selling, but I'm looking for myself in those articles. Mm. I'm looking for the fact that he didn't just, wasn't born famous or they didn't just fought, discover him in Schweppes department store. That's like right. he's sweeping the studio right. in order to get free studio time in the middle of the night to do the demos so that he could play it for the guy that might give him a chance. Da, da, da. That's a trajectory that the average kid, That's right. not average in his ambition or abilities, but average just in numbers mm -hmm. has, there's a, there's a trajectory there, the mm -hmm. Horatio Alger thing that it is possible, right. you know? And so I just was like, Oh, I'm the one weird kid in Phoenix that is like playing guitar all day long instead of running around and not chasing girls, but right. like and hanging out at the mall. And yeah, I'm not, whatever, I'm not messing that, around. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm doing. So any kid that does that, whatever they do, they're going to mm -hmm. be practice, practice, practice. Carnegie Hall is definitely the end conclusion. That's right. You know, I didn't know that that was like. You know, I guess that my story is a little bit like the beauty queen, right? That gets on the bus to LA, who's the 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 most attractive prom queen, whatever, in school in Topeka. In the flyover, or in the yeah. and then gets to LA and is just like, oh, you're blind. Oh, wow, I'm not the only one. It's me yes. and ten other million. <laughs> yeah. And when I got here and like, yeah. and I'm in the dorm at UCLA, yeah. and uh, and the girl, I'm like 17, and the girl that's two doors down from me, all of a sudden comes out of her dorm room and she's head to toe like dressed like a video. Like I'm like, oh, a, I'm still yeah. 17 trying to figure out right. how to pass my classes. I'm yeah. a year ahead of myself. And she looks like a Motley Crue, like wow. stilettos in the hair. I was like, what? What's going on? How, are you like 10 years older than me? Like, how do you, how yeah. did this even happen? She was like, oh, I'm going on a date. I'll see you later. And she walks down to the lobby of the dorm and it's Paul Gilbert picking her up. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> Love Paul Gilbert. <laughs> Great guitar player. Great shredder guitar player. Steve Vai and all of them. One and of it, the original shredders. Yeah, one of the original. Pioneers uh, of shredding. And, um, yeah, and and the thing is, is that, and and met him since then here, and he's a really nice guy, you know. Oh, he's a sweetheart. But yeah. that, who knows how old he was at that time? And he's yeah, picking yeah. up that girl. It actually is the eighties. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a Halloween party. This is happening in real time. Hair metal is huge. I'm five miles from the Sunset Strip, wow. but I'm also seventeen, and I just lived in Phoenix. So I'm still, you know, and I'm so you like, went to UCLA. Yeah. Okay. So and I was like, what is happening? How that happens? That's yeah. a real person. You <laughs> did you your date like I could totally imagine. And it's that. just come and I was like, what is wow. You know So how did you get there? How did you go from Phoenix to UCLA and what did you major in? Um well I was in I was in Phoenix for grade school and part of high school and I was right. like, I gotta I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Like I, I gotta go play guitar. I gotta get back to California. Sure. So we moved back. I convinced my mom to take a job. Now remember, my mom is gunning for me to be this rock and roll guy. Right. She's so into that's the part rock. of it. Yeah, she's she's told her I was I was doing well in high school. I said I might want to be like a lawyer or a doctor just because I like to study, believe it or not. And she started crying. She was like, "What about Neil Young? We had a deal." Like. For, 
Not kidding, for real. Can you imagine that? That's great. I she love that. She was so disappointed. That's the opposite. So, and she's like, what college? You got to get in a band? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she moved back here, got a, a, a job so I could get residency and afford it. And I got into mm. UCLA. Didn't pay any attention to UCLA because I was like, this is just holding me back. I got to get out there, you know? So going to school and, and all that, trying to get through as quickly as possible. But, you know... Getting in, in in a car or my buddy's car or whatever and heading out in the late 80s, yeah. seeing what's going on. I mean, I played at Gazzari's, you know, oh, wow. before yeah. it switched over. I saw Bill Gazzari. And if you ever see wow. Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, which is terrible. And if, do you have you heard of these movies? No, no. Okay, so Decline of Western Civilization Part 1 was done, I think it was by Penelope Spears, who might have done... Uh, well, she did a lot of early documentaries, but it's it's the definitive punk rock, L.A. punk rock movie. Mm. So she decided to make two. And naturally, if you're like looking around at L.A., you're like, okay, well, we did punk rock music. Let's do hair, hair, man, hair band heavy metal music, right? The definitive? Like, yeah. What was Decline it? of Western the Civilization Decline. Part Thank you. Two. Thank you. Which, like most sequels, is not groundbreaking okay. at all. Okay. But is amazing now when you look back because it's so sad. Oh. You, you got to look back at how kind of yeah. like pathetic because because it's the bands that didn't become the huge hair metal. Oh, right, right, it's a right, band right. like Odin. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. You just typed in the, t the decline of Western. And they got up. Bill yeah. Gazzari in it. Okay, and they show them, and then there was one guy, and he's drink. He's Penelope, his one Penelope one Spears. band guy who's in his pool up in the hills, just pouring vodka. Oh. In his in his pool chair into it while his mom's on the side of thing and you know they oh. thought, we're gonna be huge we're gonna be you know but they didn't become poison or bunch <laughs> or whatever you gotta see that movie okay so my so, so you played that scene you so were here I was you a made kid. it I, yeah, I showed up at that scene yeah and the band that I was in for one minute took me uh, tricked me and stole my clothes oh. because I had on yeah because I showed up at the gig I had Sperry Topsiders. <laughs> And just like sh board shorts and a t-shirt. I'm just like a guitar shredder. I'm not, I don't know about the whole image thing, right? Yeah. And everyone there had spandex and Aquanet and all that. And I was like, yeah, no one cares. And yeah, they yeah, stole yeah. my clothes. And That's they're like, you're going to wear this stuff. That's hilarious. So I think it takes it was, a minute. It was just a minute. But like yeah. to, to have been able to peek in, to be in Gazzari's, which was where Van Halen was discovered, mm -hmm. all the way up to... Poison and Motley Crue and all those. Because Ari's was, was right next to the Roxy. It became Billboard and a bunch of other clubs. Um, but to actually show up with my axe and have Bill Gazzari, this old Italian dude looking like Godfather's Pizza with the old suit yeah. and the two hookers on either side of him nice. go, hey, kid, you playing tonight? Like, to have that <laughs> moment, it's like meeting, like, Dean Martin or something. Right. I think he passed away right after that. Wow. So I got a glimpse into that. But that's what that's I'm doing awesome. at UCLA is I'm okay. like trying to gig and get in bands. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. One band I'm in is totally into the police and they're surfers and we're playing this music. And then this other band is like a heavy metal band. And Right. What were you studying? What philosophy. was your major? Philosophy. Yeah. Did you finish? I did. Wow. This guy really does hit the books. So how did you have time to finish a degree in philosophy and develop a music career. Well, philosophy I picked uh, because it was the lowest amount of upper division credits you could get to graduate. 13. Okay. What I didn't know is that philosophy at UCLA was number five, right behind like Harvard and like 
three, wow. four. Yeah, it was like hardcore logic and math. That's why it was only a few courses. And these guys were like brainiacs or whatever. Fortunately, in the first couple of years, I just went right at it wow. when I still had some brain cells and some attention yeah. span. Yeah. And then I found out that I couldn't graduate UCLA, even though I finished all my required classes, because I didn't actually have enough credits to graduate. So the last two years, I just took electives, just random things like film class and whatever, and just went and gigged just till I got enough to to graduate. So in a way, I kind of missed my college education because I wasn't really focused on it. I was like just trying to get on the road. Yeah, but then you got a nice little hodgepodge of information toward the end, like you said. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. So Brilliant. That that. Okay, we've we've only gotten past one of the questions so far. So <laughs> I love well, that. he knows. Get Xander going. This, this is why I was like, this needs to happen because you guys are the exact same thing. That's like awesome. you don't need fifteen questions. You right. need two questions. I'm Baron Graff. You're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with Nomad. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Binge previous seasons of the Career Musician Podcast and subscribe for all new episodes. Blasting the stereotype of musicians. Follow us at the Career Musician Podcast. Hi, I'm Xander Smith. I'm a guitar player, singer, songwriter, road manager, cat juggler. And you're listening to the Career Musician Podcast. We know that. Here's what I want to. Here's some things I do want to talk about. Um, your principles and your methods are, are coming out in conversation, so that's fine. You know, I, I always ask my my guests, you know, talk about some of your principles and methods. But look, the bottom line is, with somebody like yourself, you're a businessman. You understand how business works, so your principles are going to be on point with good business practices, and you will divulge more information as we go. Your resume, your credits, people can find out. Let's talk about that briefly. Xander Smith, right? We can go to your website, xandersmithmusic.com, mm-hmm. and they can see more about your resume. But take me through the abridged version. Yeah. You're out here, you're hustling, you want to get gigs now, you're finishing up your college. How did you get from playing the strip to working for Herb Alpert, one of the greatest jazz legends of our time? Well, First of all, it starts out, it's just Xander with an acoustic guitar at the end of the day, right? Because I can't control what other people are doing or how well bands are going to do or what, sure. whether I use hair, hairspray or not. You know what I mean? I love and, that. Oh, and also that. the DNA starts out with your prudence. It starts out with Simon and Garfunkel, you know, so like singer-songwriters. Yeah. yeah, I just always was, that's love an interesting that. song. That's just always hit home for me. Yeah. So I'm... When I'm 17, 18, I'm also, while I'm doing those other gigs, I'm also going to these coffee houses and stuff that existed back then and doing solo sets, which fast forward to through a bunch of different bands. I gave you a CD today when I walked mm-hmm. in and uh, still do that and I've had a lot of success. So you're developing that. your your singer-songwriter chops, you're singing and playing. Right. And you're doing covers and you're writing. Right. And you've had a lot of success doing that. Yeah. You know, I've got okay. to do a lot of stuff and, and brought a lot of talented people in. I, I think maybe that. that's where the beginning of the manager business model stuff comes in because you got to go get the gig yourself. You got to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. No one's doing it for you until you're John Mayer. And even before that, I'm sure he's doing it all himself as well. Right. So, you know, that 
got involved mm -hmm. later on as I slowly transitioned. So I became the guy, when I became just the guitar player of the band, I would sit around, but I had a hard time watching poorly run oh. groups. Oh, tell me about it. And, you know, and I couldn't mind my own business, and I didn't know how to just get paid <laughs> and shut up. I, my ego was involved no, at that No, speak point. up, yes. So, um, so what happens is slowly but surely, band by band, project by project, I kind of start falling upwards to a management capacity. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I'm playing guitar, and then I'm like, well, why don't I be the road manager? You know, we're paying this guy. I can go get paid and get all that stuff done. So I'm acquiring that skill set. Mm. While that's happening, okay, um, I got to pay the bills. So in between two different bands that were signed, I'm broke as a joke. Okay, I am, and I'm not trying at that point. Not trying to work a regular job anymore, even though I had worked regular jobs because I'm trying to be available to play. Right. So um, what ended up happening is I got a gig at the House of Blues selling T-shirts because my buddy just threw me a bone. He's like, "Come sell T-shirts. I'll pay you cash under the table." That turned into a, another career in production mm. because I'm sitting there and I'm eating nachos and I'm drinking a beer and I'm watching you know whatever band on stage selling T-shirts, but then I'm bored. You know, I'm curious. I'm watching the lighting guy. I go over to the lighting guy. I'm like, how did you do da, 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 da? Which, by the way, Baron's still sitting here. He also has experience in doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Still sitting. <laughs> you know, he is, he's a former he's lighting guy, too. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've I didn't know. See, that. there's so much you didn't tell me. Oh, man. yeah. He's a multi-talent, this guy. Ah, so you did not divulge. So, okay. So, you know, anyway, the, the short answer there is I, again, fall my way upwards into sound and stage and next thing i know i'm the stage manager running that stuff wow then i get signed again i'm see i'm gonna shift back over pivot you got back signed over to as music an artist and you know all as that your stuff. own artist yeah okay well in a band i was in at the okay time. okay okay but i still got this sort of like this fallback right. career doing stuff like that the last gig i had before herb alpert to answer your question um i'm road managing i'm playing guitar uh for uh, an artist that's going around the country and um and it's a tough gig you know it's a tough gig so you're, you're doubling up guitar I'm, and road managing and road managing printing out set lists while mm -hmm. doing sound check right uh playing shaker and driving the van Ooh. right uh you're kind of doing like four jobs yeah right? and the, and i remember this we were in boston once and the singer uh was like I didn't have a guitar part of this, but she wanted me to play shaker, right? Which, by yeah. the way, for all your listeners, percussion is the hardest instrument out there. To be consistent. No one, no one gives it credit, but, you know, yeah. as soon as you're not on, it's, you it's like a heart, you know, right away. So I'm doing the shaker. I'm printing out the, uh, the guest list. Oh, no. Because I'm tour managing, too. Right. And, and she just stops the song. By the way, the, guy, the people that were in this band were really talented. She had a killer Yo-Cat band. Okay. And and uh, and they're all watching me do this, and she's just like, "You're slowing down, you're dropping the beat, man." And I was like, "I'm printing out the guest list, which is not the answer, right? <laughs> There's no excuse, right? The answer is either I'm so sorry, multitask or don't. I got it. I'll, here we go. I yeah. got it. I'm so sorry. I'm right? Saying, we'll fix it. Yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> At wits end, and I called my buddy who was a sound guy, and I was like, "Listen, man, you're the only normal person I know." In the music business, he was a yeah. really talented guy. You're a nice guy. You're actually you're a family man. You're professional. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not screaming at people. Mm. You're not hooked on oxy. Mm. Like if you, he, he doesn't take gigs where people are screaming at each other. Sure, because sure. show business is pretty. Oh, well, there's a lot of that. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
on stage and off stage. I said, if you ever get a gig, take me with you. Just call me. Oh, nice. I dropped that, that you know, that hint. And about nine, ten months later, he goes, "Hey, man, I'm." Uh, Remember what you're. <laughs> I'm doing sound for Herb Alpert, and oh, I was like, man. I was like, great. He's like, I'm dying out here. It's just me. He needs a. He needs people. So can you come see a gig and maybe talk to him about working for him? And I was like, and I was really involved in my own thing at that point. I was going mm. to Russia and all this different stuff. I was very involved as a player. Last thing I wanted to do was go, you know, work with another artist full time. So you were doing that just as Xander Smith, the artist. You were doing at that time. Thing. No, that time I run, run, run was run, run, run. Your band was, which we'll get to. Okay. Was doing great. Okay, we Got were it. all over the place. Beautiful. Great opening slots, record coming out, KCRW, K Rock, all of it. And then I get this phone call. And I was like, well, I'll go meet with the guy. And Herb changed me because it was just a, it was a whole different thing. It was a, I didn't know, it was just a gig I was looking for. Um, but I didn't know he would change me as a, as a person, as a man, as a future parent, um, and, and so, his and approach to the music business and as a player. Initially, it seems counterintuitive to me when you have this successful band with a solo career going. And then you want to go work for a legendary artist as a tour manager. Yeah. Like, to me, that seems like, oh, well, there's no there's no comparison. I'm going to stick with my artistry. Right. It right? Would, and it wouldn't think, happen. I think most people would, uh, you know. But the universe, like, given us Rick Springfield, conspired against <laughs> me. Because he, it, did, it wasn't an all or nothing. It wasn't like, hey, I'm a big deal right now, and I'm doing 200 dates a year, and you got to drop everything, pack your bag, and go. He was like, I don't even really want to do this. He goes, my wife and I are kind of, we left, we play a couple shows, you know, a year. In fact, he said to me, when I went and did an assessment, I said, listen, you know, you have a band here. You need at the very least, a, you know, you, you have a great ear. He produced a lot of records. Of course. You need a monitor guy, first yes. of all. Oh, they didn't have one? It was just my friend Mike. Yikes. He was doing both and running oh, around, setting up the guy. back line. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, you need a monitor guy. Yeah. You got a sound guy. Mm -hmm. You got a woman in the band. Your wife is singing. So you need a lighting guy. She's right. green right now on stage because uh -huh. there's no lights. You probably need someone to set up all the really nice equipment. Uh -huh. You know, you need like Some three, four people, people yeah. at the very just to go do this thing. Otherwise, you don't need me. That, you know, that's if you want it to become because he said, I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be smooth. This is the very least what you need. This is the team I would put together. This is how you do it. Yeah. He said to me, he goes, okay, well, whatever you think. And then when we talked about, I said, well, well how much are you going to tour this year? What's the yeah. schedule like? He said, listen, you'll never hear this. He said, listen, you guys tell me when we're going to play. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, well, these other guys in my band, he plays with Burt Backrack. These two guys play with oh, Sergio Mendez okay. and yeah, play yeah, with yeah. blah, blah, blah and everything. And you obviously you got some know. talented guys that probably have other jobs. He goes, ah, we're not really... We're not even really going to do this thing. He goes, you guys check all your schedules, and wherever you're not all working, let's play some shows. So that's how I was able to do it. I just did you develop him in between the times when I wasn't doing stuff. Yeah, it's easy to say that, but did you develop a, a relationship with the booking agent? I had to. I would say you have to, because there's no other way you could do that. Yeah. yeah, you have to in that position. Because, look, let's be honest, in, in, most, in most band, uh, like celebrity-type artist bands, Management wants the musicians to be seen but not heard. Yeah. Literally. So you can be seen, but don't, keep your mouth shut. 
They don't want you talking to people. They don't want you making friends with the agents or the promoters or this and or any. Or they don't want you to get too close to oh, the man. artist. They control all that, and it's all it's all we know the reasons why. So. The fact that you, do, but you were the tour manager, so it's different. See, as a tour manager, you have a mouthpiece that you're actually uh, knighted to use. They they want you to use it. You have to use it, right. right? You have to talk to management. You have to talk. You're the go-between a lot of times. Yeah. So that was like a blessing in disguise, right? It, it was a blessing, and you know what? One one thing just thematically is 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 he was so gracious, and he was uh, since he made us a priority, like. Uh. We made him a priority. That's amazing. So he was able to get symbiotic. Uh, he was able to get a, um, a priority standing mm-hmm. from part timers, which you. never happens, right? Oof. If you put someone on salary, that's if you put them on retainer. That's fine. Retainer, they're, we're they're all whenever you say done. we go, we go. Drop everything, and go. But for for him to remain to get that to this day from mm-hmm. the people that work for him, because it's still a part time gig, really, right, right. Um, is amazing. And that's just because of the way he talked to us and he treated us, and we wanted to do that for him. That's amazing. And that's how what I'm saying is that's how it changed me. So in the beginning, it was like, right. yeah, jazz guy, this mm-hmm. could be a cool little side gig. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot less work than tour managing some rock band with a bunch of numbskulls, right? Right. right. So awesome. You know, and so I thought it was that. And then it just gradually kind of like became, it shaped me. So when I went back to my other gigs and worked mm-hmm. with other people, I took that mentality. That's right. You know, this is a guy that started AM Records, which is the first yeah. real indie label and one wow. of the most successful of all time on a handshake deal. This now, is a guy, and Alpert and, and Moss. Moss. And this yeah. is a story after story after story. If you talk to him, you can talk to him about all the AM artists, and there's so many that we grew up with. Everyone from, you know, the Carpenters to Soundgarden, right? Yeah. But when you ask them about Sheryl Crow, or you mm-hmm. ask them about Cat Stevens or whoever, and you hear the real story about how they came out, and you hear about the artists that they signed but then let go, like Waylon Jennings. Wow. He finds Waylon Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona. He's going out there. He's A&RM. He does his first few records. But, but, understands that AM, while it's going to be really important to a lot of artists like Joe Cocker and different bands, Free, you oh, know, yeah. all these things, doesn't really have a, you know, a dog in the fight when it comes to country music. He can't do for Waylon Jennings what RCA is going to do mm-hmm. and those guys. And when they approach him and they come up to, and Waylon's young and he's like, oh, you know, they want me in it. They let him out of his contract. Oh, man. Would never, can you imagine? <laughs> Just get it. I was sure signed, yeah, signed Interscope oh. in a band in 2001. We had to break up to get out of that contract. Really? I think Jimmy Iovine's going to be like, listen, kid, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but whatever it is, no one else is getting it. And then my people oh. will tell me if you got a hit record, yeah. and then I'll pay attention to <laughs> yeah, you. Right. That's what I walked into with that record deal. Because yeah. I signed A&M having nothing to do with her, just a coincidence. Really? In 1998, 99, last band ever signed to the original A&M before it got absorbed by Interscope. Geffen, A&M, and I think it was uh, DGC and like Polygram. So all got sucked up into Seagram's, the Canadian wow. company, for a minute, bought all of that. And then they put Interscope in charge of everything. And they just, it was a bloodbath. Of course. And they dropped every band you can think of. But for some reason, kept us. But wouldn't put the record out. 
They were like, we don't know what's going on with you, but Ted Fields over here really likes what you're doing. So, and there's there's chicks in your band, so we're not going to drop you. We're not just not going to do anything with you. That's and you're worst. signed for seven years. That's the purgatory. That's a band's purgatory. That we, is terrible. We broke. We had to break up. I said to our lawyer, "What do I do?" He's like, "You can't do anything. You, you're the key man up. in this thing. You and the other songwriter." So we had to break up. That's that's very different. So that's my experience mm. with all, you know, all navigating all those kind of personalities. And then here I am. I'm finally hitting my stride as an as a original artist in a band, everything I've tried for since I'm 10. Mm. And then I meet this guy, Herb Alpert, who's like, I'm not really trying to do this. I just want to have fun. It's like, no, 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 really. It's, no, 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 for real. And slowly he just starts getting into my brain. He's, you know, he doesn't realize he's talking me off of stage. Right, <laughs> little by little. right, right. You know. Ah, oh, man. Okay. So what I really find interesting about, like you said, your trajectory, you start off as a guitar player, then turned artist, then morph into a touring manager, then back to a guitar player artist, then a band lead, you know. So y- your career this whole time, it's evolving, but it's still evolving around the same three roles kind of mm. per se what's interesting in those most musicians like you said are not going to go for the management position right it's you're very it's very like even myself excuse me i would always look and i can point the proverbial finger and say management is fucking up here this is wrong you're not doing this you know where's my production manager load in was jacked up you didn't do you know i could do and and i and I know I could run the business, but I chose not to. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you save yourself some heartache. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I ended up being the music director for, you know, a pretty big Which celebrity artist for a long time. And very similar. And I think that's where it really, the rubber met the road. Because I think I was, a lot of times, I was bleeding over into managerial, tour manager status. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to had. Right. Right? If that's the correct term. But anyway. So it's really unique. I think it's really cool. But talk about run, run, run. Because, and I'm looking up your email because you responded. Like I said, you answered all of my questions. Well, the talking points, really. They're not questions. But you mentioned something. You know, you're in Russia. You're singing, uh, what, what is the song you sang? Yesterday, a cappella in St. Oh, yeah, Petersburg yeah. to like 12,000. Know, I mean, some great things here that you're talking about. I'm jumping around. But let's talk about run, run, run. Because that's what you said you had a lot of success. Well, you know, it's like, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Run, Run, Run was like, it was the band originally, creatively. It was the the combination of all the styles I ever wanted to put into a band in, in one. So it was kind of, it was my baby, you know. And uh, and we all we had a lot of great opportunities. It was a musician's band. In this, oh, In fun. a sense, sounded nothing like Rush. But similar in that had the, the the respect from we really held our own. We were we were a great live band, you know. We had a lot of because we we had a lot of problems as the music industry fell apart and changed. Right mm. when we hit our stride, basically the music business was over as far as record sales. <sighs> late two thousands, right? Yeah, that's right. When uh, we come out, it's just like it's all falling apart. Our distribution deal falls apart. You know this, that, the other thing. Yeah, um, it's tough. Whereas, you know, if it had been a few years before that, maybe we'd be like, oh, you were in Run, Run, Run? Okay, you know, oh, we wow. had everything going for us. K-Rock liked it, you know, a great single, all that stuff. But but pound for pound, I always grew up in a van. I was always on the road. <laughs> so that. we were always a great live band. 
and we were able to mix a lot of uh, a lot of styles. But bands would see us, and that's why we opened up for everybody. And uh... we opened up for everybody not because we had a huge agent or because we had a lot of money behind us, but because bands would see us and be like, "Wow, you that's know, a killer band." That's a killer band. And I mean, the mm. list of bands that we opened up for, from the Strokes to New Order to really you name it, you know, all different genres were. You know, was impressive because they were like, "Oh, let's give these guys a shot." You know, and because of that, we got to do a lot of great things. Run, mm. run, run! Got to go to Russia because we were opening for a really big Russian band that came here. No one knew who they were, but they were a stadium band over there. What's their name? They were called Mumi Troll. Okay. And um, their lead singer is like a household name over there. To, you uh. know, and so, and they were an alternative band. They were a band that was raised on contraband 80s alternative records in Vladivostok. Uh, you know, Seaman would come in with these records, you know, television and Blondie and blah, blah, blah. And so, so anyway, they heard one of our songs, like these other bands were like, oh, wait, these guys are onto something. They made us their opening act, which I also was the tour uh, manager for. Oh, because these guys had no idea where they were going. Bro, that's you're a, running so many things, that, the pine. Listen, that's a whole podcast in itself. You, Me uh, taking this Russian band on day one how into did, Washington, D.C. for oh. their first gig in the United States on the day of the inauguration of Obama. What? A bunch and of just Russians. Just getting through customs must have been like... A bunch of Russians in a in what looks like a basically a bomb. I mean, it's a silver bus Ugh. with tinted windows trying to get to the Russian embassy because, the, because they were so famous in Russia they wanted to have a lunch for them. On we the walk inauguration in, we, and I'm like, and I get this thing, and the guy's like, go oh. to this place, and we go, he's like, we get free lunch, and we go in there, I don't know what I'm doing, i so out of it at that point, been in the studio for a month and a half, forgot it was the inauguration, and we pull in, in the middle of, of D.C., <laughs> and we pull up, there's, you know, this, the pylons and everything like yeah. that, and the secret server, what are you guys, blah, 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 I'm like, oh, oh, I gotta take these guys to lunch, I'm the road manager for this Russian band, we walk in, it's full state dinner. The kind you only see on the West Wing. I mean, caviar. Oh my God! Well, you guys spoons. dressed for it? No, you dressed like, like this. Road musicians. And the Russians <laughs> were in suit. This is like, like they're all there's Putin and then all the rest of them are in there. Are like, you serious? Oh, mummy troll. Yeah, you know it's like whatever. We walk in. Really? That's day one. So okay, and you're their tour manager. So I'm looking at them now. Okay, so all this information is online. So they so they invite us to go over to Russia. Okay, and so... But wait, so you were the tour manager. How did you become the tour manager for this Russian... I became the tour manager because the Village Recorder, which is a famous of studio course, in the in, West, in San, where they did in Santa Monica. Mac and everyone, everybody. everybody. Mac, I mean, One of the only real studios that's left. That's still... Old school. Running, yeah. Still, you know, Robbie Robertson's got his office there, the yeah. whole thing. Real music. And... I needed studio time for Run, 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 and I just don't have the cash. I need it, you know. I need a room that's two grand a day, right. twenty five hundred a day. Right. I'm like, so I make a deal with Jeff, the owner of the studio, who'd come to see Run, Run, Run at the Viper Room. Was uh. like, listen, I used to be the agent for the Who. He told me this. He goes, you guys, one thing about the Who and Leonard Skinner is they always could kill every other band on stage. They were uh. that good live. He goes, you guys really got something. Let me know if I can ever do something for you. I'm like, yeah, I need some studio time. Wow. He's like, well, even he goes, I can't give you that room. It's the yeah. we did the this thing with the, where they did Asia, okay, Steely Dan. Oh yeah, he gave us the Asia room. He's wow. like, I'll make you a deal. You give me this much cash, 
and you got to take these guys out on the road. I got this Russian band. They're going to be huge, blah, 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 blah. He found them. I'm like, fine, no problem. It's two weeks. I'll do it. That's how I ended up with the Russians. But because I'm a professional, and I want people to hear this. Of course. I mean, I'm as full of shit as the next guy, but, but I'm a professional, okay? I never told them about my band. I never hustled them for right, a gig. The right. drummer, like you're doing right now, was right. like in the right. back of the bus. And he's yeah. like, he starts Wait, playing. You he's this? like, what yeah. is this? What is uh, this song and dance? Yeah. He plays it for the singer. And they were like, you didn't tell us you have a band. I, yeah, don't worry about that. I'm just trying to get home uh, and get to, in the studio. Uh, and then, so they became big uh, supporters. Like a lot of bands. Of course. Of course. I mean, I'm looking at it here. Yeah, like you said, The Strokes, Psychedelic Furs, Zombies, The Walkman, Mumie Troll, Trail of the Dead, Crane, Sparta, The Teenager, Silverspun, Pickups, and The Living End. So, wow. Okay. All over the, yeah. Steve Perry. Okay. Madonna, okay. Wow. All right. So, I love this story. I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry. But I'm, I'm kind of throwing in the, uh, the, the facts here. What happens next? Mumie Troll, Putin... So we go over Dinner. there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a our first show over there is in a place called Kazan, which I've never heard of. It's south of Moscow, and it's um, you know, kind of like in the southern part of uh, America. There's a lot of you know Spanish influence. Oh yeah. In the southern part of Russia, it's all Islam and like you know Kazakhstan oh, sure. and all these sure. stands, Tartarstan, all these different places. Great way to put that, by the way. That really helps you envision and it. And so you see this influence. So we end up, and they do these, what they call open air, right? Open oh, air shows. It's yeah. a big deal. They have a lot of squares over in that part of the world, right? <laughs> you see Queen in the Ukraine, and there's just a big square, right? We don't have big squares here, right? Yeah, there's a lot of space out there. They, yeah. they like to do things where half a million people just show up and stand there, right? There's dictators that need to talk to people, right? So they have one. There's well mosques said. in the background, but the Russian flags everywhere. We yeah. show up. It's our first festival, yeah. open air festival they invite us to. And we walk out and, and I and I mentioned it in the very first day, you know, there's like, you know, a hundred thousand people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. We were at the Viper Room two weeks before that. Two weeks before that. <laughs> Right? Playing a, what? I think there Playing was a hundred people, yeah. maybe a hundred people. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Same set list. At the end of the night. That's nuts, bro. At the end of the night, Andre Makarevich, which you've never heard of, and mm. I've never heard of, and he's never heard of, but is the Bruce Springsteen, that's the way he was describing me, of Russia. Uh, he's a guy that came out at the end of the sixties, was right when Beatles and everything. He was trying to expose people to Western music. So he was like a singer-songwriter and then he just stuck around everything. So he's a household name from mm. the Cold War days. And so having him come out would be like, oh, we got Elton John at our festival or something. He comes out. He does Give Peace a Chance and brings me on stage. And I'm singing. And now it's the nighttime slot. And now it's just as far as you can see. That many people. So that's our first gig in, in Russia. Right. Messing up. And this is what you said when you emailed me. Messing up the words to give peace a chance in front of eighty to 100,000 Russians, but realizing no one cared. You got to love that. Yeah. I'm like, can you, because, you know, basically give peace a chance is a rap song. Da -da 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 There's a lot of lyrics. I'm like writing them down right. in my hand. He's like, you know, give peace a chance. Come. And I was like. Could we do like help or something? I know. <laughs> help. But I'm I like need somebody. But I'm oh I'm I gosh. got you know, they've spent a lot of money to bring us over there. I gotta get out there. You're gonna make it happen. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you'll know as a guitar player, has anyone ever mm. told you this? I learned this early on too. Mm. I remember one day one time at an early gig, I got unplugged. 
Mm. Someone stepped on my cable. Oh, and what did I do worst. as an early guitar player? Well, I got to be plugged in. I'm a guitar player. I turn yeah. around. I'm looking for the cord. I'm messing with the amp. Yeah. And I had a guy pull me aside yeah. and go, never do that again. Mm. You just smile. No one is even you listening to you. No one even knows you're playing guitar right, right now. They're just looking at the drummer and the singer. Just look over. If you see a tech, just be like, hey. Go on, yeah, give him a, yeah, in between exactly. songs, maybe. But man, the show must go, go on. on. Right? Don't turn your back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, to answer your question about the 12,000 people in yesterday. Yes, okay. They brought me back to play an acoustic show, just myself. They had a the, big. The Russian promoters. In, they were in St. Petersburg. It was okay. a big hockey arena. Just like, by yourself? Just by as myself. As a solo act? Well, I pitched it to him. It's I was, amazing. I was like, listen, we have the opening slot. We can't afford to bring back the whole band. So I went back for this. Because all I'm trying to do is not make it as Xander Smith. I'm just trying to keep the flame alive. Yeah. So whether it's one of us or all of us, just keep in the culture. That's amazing. You know, and try to keep this career and this... this. See, but that's because you had a mouthpiece. You knew how to conduct business. You knew what... If you just speak up, it's okay. Nobody's yeah. going to get mad at you. Right. Nobody's going to throw things at you. And you know what? If they do, okay, duck. Yeah. But just fucking talk. Right. Open up your mouth. And be cool, right? Right. And there's so many musicians don't understand that concept. Right. Well, a lot of times they get hustly and they're like, get, get, get what I want. Right. But they, right. there's a line there. You got to... You have to be cool. You have to be cool, but you have to go for it too. Yeah. It's a, so I said, yeah, I'll come over by myself. Balance. Okay. So I, I'm about to walk on stage. And like I said, they're all there to see the headliner. Yeah. They're not there to see me. Yeah. I mean, people are starting to know who we are, but we're still not selling 12,000, 14,000 tickets. This is an opening slot for that band. And what I realized, this is like minutes before I went on stage, was when you walk on stage with a band, a rock and roll band, especially in that part of the world, because they're still into rock and roll. Mm. They still like Deep Purple over there. You know, and that's awesome. It's, they're huge over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got drums, you got guitar solos, you got the model, business model of a rock and roll band. Right. And if you're decent enough, they're going to be respectful of you. They may not love you. You may not be Axl Rose or right. whatever, but they're going to, you know. Now there's, it doesn't matter if you're the guy in Animal House with the acoustic guitar, where mm -hmm. everyone's like, shut that guy up, or you're in front of 10,000 people. You're the dude with the acoustic guitar. And unless you are, unless you have hits and unless you're known to be that guy, mm -hmm. you're just annoying, who are you? Mm. Who's this guy singing to me right, right now? Right. And I realized that right before I went on, I looked out uh. and I saw thousands and thousands of people, you know, like when I was a kid going to see arena bands before the lights went down. Sure. And I was like, and my, all of a sudden I was like, who am I? Who the fuck am I? Like, wow. Yeah, great. Here's your slot kid, but you better bring it. Because if you've never been on stage and had a crowd turn on you, you can't explain mm. it. You have no idea. I used to That's see... Right. Weezer fans mm. eat opening bands up alive in the early days. Wow. Like in those first couple you records. You were working with Weezer? Well, no, I just, time? Or I would you see them. They were a local yeah, yeah. band. I'd yeah. be like, oh, oh gotcha. that was a bad move. You're like, we're opening for so-and-so. Yeah, okay. Oh, good luck, buddy. Great, because there's 4,000 people that aren't there to see you. <laughs> being it really is terrible. Being an opening band <laughs> is like wish. the worst thing. I saw White Lion, not oh. White Lion, um, what were they called? Uh, if, uh, there was a band that got booed off the stage when I saw him open for Journey in 1986. Wow. Great um, White? It's another white band. No, no, no. I'll think <laughs> of it in a second. Uh, um, Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone. That was their big single, oh, nice. 86. I'll think of the name in a second. In any case, um, so you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But what you can do, what we all can do in, in life is 
is right size ourselves. We can look and go, mm. what am I who what am I dealing with right now? Who is in front of me? That's and right. how can I go and not get punched in the face right now? That's right. How can I get, you know, awareness, self-awareness. And I looked yeah. at that and I was like, I can't I can't walk out. I don't have what they're looking for. Yikes. What can I do to ingratiate them? What can I do to bring them in and make this possible? And that's when I realized that to this day, not that they aren't big everywhere, but the Beatles are are all their music, it's a household name there. And the thing about a lot of these other countries, not just Eastern Europe and stuff, but you go to Central America and South America and stuff right. like that, is they love songs. They right. love to sing. I used to see Hispanic, right. I used to see Mana and Mexican oh, bands Mana. come come to House of Blues yeah. and they would be killing it, playing a hard rock song, and then they would go into a ballad and it was even louder. Crazy, People wanted right? it even more. Whereas in America, it was like, oh, you're bumming me out right now. Yeah, keep, don't play your ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keep up the energy. Yeah. And I knew that and I thought to myself, I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to play yesterday. But I'm not just going to go out there like I'm in a cover band, like anyone can do. I'm going to tell them a story, a short story. And I walked out there in a, in a minute or less, because I had a short slot. I walked out there and I said, listen, I said, my mother's family are all from Russia. And I said, you know, she gave me a guitar when I was young and she gave me a Beatles record. All is just true. And I learned this song as a little kid. I hope you'll like this song. I hope you'll sing this song with me. And I started playing yesterday. Mm. And by the first verse, in the middle of the first verse, I had everyone singing along. Wow. And then this is in real time. What I realized as far as being a producer or an MD, right? Wow. How to orchestrate your band. And I had never thought of this until this moment. But I'm playing up there. You know, your ears become fatigued when you're listening, whether it's lights or drums, mm -hmm. whatever, and over and over and over mm -hmm. again. When you're just a singer, songwriter up there, guitar player, all you're hearing is blah, 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 <laughs> and strum, 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 yeah, strum. Right. And it's it's incessant, right? right? Especially if you're a guy out there and you're playing to 10,000 people, mm. you're really trying to like, you're trying to bring the energy that you don't have with your band not being there, right? Sure. There's no drummer behind you. In that moment, I thought, well, you know, if you really want to get attention as a lighting guy, you turn all the lights out. Mm-hmm. That's a big move, right? right? Not adding red or green or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. I thought, well, there's just me in this hand. I thought, if I just stop. What if I just stop playing guitar right now, right as it goes into the second verse? Wow. And I just stopped playing guitar, and it brought everyone into it. And for, there were some people singing. Everyone was singing. Now it was 10,000. And because they could hear themselves singing and they looked oh, around... Right. It's about, now I made it about us and not right. just about me. That's right. And then I brought the guitar back in and then I had them. And then they were like, all right, now what do you got? And I'm like, this wow. is one of my songs. And I played a couple more songs. I did a Russian cover and I got the fuck off the stage. <laughs> it was a 16 minute set. There you go. But you were they smart. They gave me a half an hour, ah. 17 minutes and fuck this guy. Why is he still there? Because where's the guy wow. who's been paid to see? But that was smart. They gave you a half hour. They gave me half but hour, you did 16. 16 minutes. Good for you. But see, that's using your judgment. Yeah. Well, I couldn't have done that in the past, but this yeah. is all post-herb. This but is you all You learned post a lot from that. I'm starting to see how it goes, you know? Okay. Let's do a rapid fire about business, and then we're going to do a rapid fire for fun. So okay. the rapid fire for business first, tour essentials. I love what you said. Pack light. I so agree. And then you say it. But just read it. 
Okay. All right, just read it, he says. Quicker? <laughs> I love yeah, it. You, you know, like, one pair of dark jeans, flip-flops, swimsuit, change of underwear and T-shirt each day, a good slim-fit coat, and the one durable electric guitar with some uh, pedals in the carry-on. Never check a bag. Okay, so you end it with the all, all-time ultimate rule of a traveling musician. Never check a bag. Never. If you check a bag... That is the sure tell sign that you are a rookie. Yeah. Because whenever you land, you and 13 other people don't need to be standing at the luggage rack waiting for your damn suitcase to show up. You just want to hit the ground and roll, right? Yeah. Not to mention <laughs> the fact that you, uh, yeah, that they lose bags. They lose it. And you can't afford to have that happen. No, and not you don't to have mention time. the fact. So, where I learned that was at the House of Blues, yeah. call me in as a runner one day. What do you need me to do? Judas Priest, without the, without the original lead singer, for a little while they've got a stand-in. So when they've got Ripper singing, they're playing the House of Blues. Okay, and when yeah, he course. comes back, they're playing at shows. Rob Halford, yeah, 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 of course. I'm there, whatever. Listen, at All House good. of Blues, I just need to get some cash, right? I'm broke. Yeah. So I'll do whatever you want me to do. You're hustling. I love it. Hey, can you take this? Can you take Judas Priest laundry <laughs> to the fluff and fold? <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah, sure. Down in Santa Monica, what's the big yeah. deal? Fluff, it was this big. Yeah. Those guys have, they wear right. the same That's right. cut off, sleeves right. cut off, little mini short shirts, yeah. metal shirts <laughs> yeah. every single night. They have one outfit and they just wash it every single day. I was That's like, yeah, what all, you don't need any clothes. You don't need all this stuff. You That's need right. Any of that I stuff. love it. Studio etiquette. Always arrive early with your own bottle of water. I love both of those. So again, early is, uh, is uh, well, on time is early, early, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know, we know that. Talk about that studio etiquette. My my other thing is keep your eyes and eyes and ears wide open and your mouth shut. Yeah. Right? So you know, absolutely. Anything to expound on studio etiquette? No, just listen and wait to be spoken to. There and you go. Be beyond uh, ready. Yeah. Unless you're the producer. If you're the producer, then you're running the show and you you yeah. can you can do what you got to do. All right. Health and love lifestyle on the road. You said go to bed as early as possible. Never be around smoke and try to avoid carbs. I love that. First of all, I was always the first one to my hotel room. Mm-hmm. All the guys in the band were like, oh, man, forget you, man. You're not going to go out and party. I would go out every once in a while, have a couple drinks. But then you know what, guys? Look, 12, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, man, come on. And lobby calls at 5? Lobby yeah. calls in four hours and you want me to go hang out? Hell no. Yeah, not well, gonna happen. People are on the road in the beginning because they want that party. They want to be invited to that party. Right. But you can't right. sustain that. You can't. Oh. Best articulated perfectly. Okay. Business acumen, negotiating, branding, etc. And you say, stay true to yourself, but must be flexible to the one who's writing your paycheck. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I mean, you know, it's a matter of uh, finding that balance. I think this whole interview is about that. Yeah. When to say no thank you. When you already know it's a bad idea before you take the gig and you still think, well, maybe. Let's talk about that because I believe... Gut instinct goes ignored too often with all of us as a human race. I think an, our initial gut instinct is usually on point, right? Yeah. And that sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Short story, go back to Herb. Please. Give him some credit. People told me this before, but I didn't start hearing it. Uh, in the early days when, we weren't, when he wasn't doing much stuff at all, playing a few times a year, uh, a gig came up. Uh, someone I had worked with before, had a miserable time with, mm. was really tough gig, wasn't mm. worth the money, uh, and um, 
And but the but this tour, tour came up and it was three months and it was a big paycheck. It was a big. All I saw was the the total the the, yeah. the chunk of change. Yeah. What I would come home with oh, in mid December, sure. and it's September when I'm making this phone call. Okay. And for some reason, you know, at that time, Herb was kind of we were more kind of we weren't really that involved. So it was almost kind of like a mentor, like you know, a father oh, figure. Nice. I would just ask them. I I don't know. I just for some nice. reason. I called him that day, yeah. and I didn't even say who it was. Blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, I got this gig. What do you think? He wasn't working, so it's not like it was a conflict at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you think about this? I used him as a sounding board. He goes, hmm. He goes, wasn't this the person you went out with where this thing happened, that thing happened? You were really miserable. You told me that. I said, yeah, you're right. He goes, it's not worth it. He goes, all you can see is the paycheck. He goes, but I'll tell you something, Xander. He goes, you're never going to see that money. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're never going to finish that tour. Because you're either going to quit or you're going to get fired because you're not on the same page as that artist. So that money's never going to come. And I was like, okay. And that's when I said, no, thank you. Yeah, this is an interesting deal for me because now in my real life, I work in sales. I want to hear all about this. (laughs) And so for me, I think what you said is spot on. Like people nowadays, people are so eager to go get, go Mm. get. And consume, consume, consume. That it, that gut instinct thing is like, ah, uh, this. Uh, okay, I know this is gonna suck, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And so for me, I have a bit of a different experience in that. In my mind, I go, I what I've gotten to the point now is that I don't have to go. Oh, I remember when I went out on tour with that person. It's this person's bringing me this kind of energy. And I've felt that kind of energy before. Mm. And so I already know what this is. And I don't want to feel it again. I I already know. (laughs) And for me, in my job, it's very much how much are they going to pay me? Mm -hmm. Because unlike you, I can get to the bag, right? I get to the paycheck. But if it's not enough money, I know people in my line of work, hundreds of lines of work that in the effort to make the deal, in the effort to get the thing, Mm -hmm. right? They'll go through, they'll jump through these crazy hoops, go through these headaches, go through these terrible experiences, and then you get the money on the end of it, and you're like, whoa, that wasn't worth it. For me, it's, I'm only going to do that if the payoff is right. Right. And sometimes the payoff is money, sometimes the payoff is other things. But I think the difference for me is, when I was much younger in my career, I would go through these things and it would beat beat the shit out of me. Mm. And I'd come out of it and go, oh, man. And even when I would get the big paycheck, it would almost be like, man, that wasn't worth it. Right. But now where I'm at is when I go into it eyes wide open. I go, I know this is going to suck. I know you're going to need too much from me. I know you're going to be unrealistic. I know you're going to be this, that, and that. Because I already have that knowledge and I go, at the end of this, I'm getting this big paycheck. Mm -hmm. Then it adds that perspective for me of, okay, I'm I'm the one making the choice here. Right. I know you're going to be difficult. I know what the paycheck is. I know the whole game. Right. And so I'm never caught off guard by it. And I've certainly said no thank you to people where it's like, "I I know who you are and I know what the the check's going to be at the end and the journey I have to go on, the pot of gold isn't big enough. Right. But then then you, what I love what you're saying, 
because now you hold yourself accountable right. and you respond instead of react. Right. So every time that they overstep their boundaries, you take that step, you say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remind yourself, knock on your head. I took this. Okay, how do I deal yeah. with this? I'm going to respond cautiously. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to th- plot out a, a, a logical explanation. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to let it get my blood pressure up, right? I'm not going to expect you to be different. <sighs> That's the big thing, right? That's the I already know who you are. I'm you, not going to expect you to be different. You already told me one. who you are. You already Love told it. me. Love it. And, and even you didn't tell me, Michael. <laughs> I worked with Xander four months ago, and you guys are the same person. That's right. I already know who you are. Right. And if I don't expect you to be somebody different, if That's I don't right. expect the situation to be different, if it's coming at me, mm-hmm. and I just go, yep, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's how you do this. That's that's, right. When you're you, that's how you do it. Then suddenly... You remove the expectation of change, and suddenly everything gets way more easier to accept. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah. that's what it is. So I always say that be- that's brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. I always say that being a musician is uh, involves a lot of sales techniques, right? Yeah, because just about everything. We have to, yeah. We're always knocking on doors that are getting Absolutely. slammed in our face. Yep. Most of the time, doors aren't even getting open. Like, you, oh, I'm going to go over to that door. You think that's a door? Who told you that's a door? Yeah. You know, yeah. No, it's a door. I know it's a door. It was you a know? door for him. <laughs> yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, him. it's a freaking concrete wall. Right. You know, so here's one thing I want to ask you is sales, okay? How do you deal with, what are some of the techniques that you use to deal with the fact that the door is not even a door when you thought it was a door? In other words, my biggest thing right now, communicate respond reply because when you don't reply people assume the worst let's not make an ass out of you and me and let's just fucking reply even if the reply you think even if you think the reply is not in my favor and not what i want to hear just tell me just level up and be like you know what i really appreciate the song you sent over thank you so much we did ask for you to send some songs Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the fact that you sent some over. However, at this point, we are not interested. Thank you very much. Instead of leaving me on the fucking hook for the next umpteen, you see what I'm saying? That's one small example. So how do you deal with... I got a response for that. Please. Their lack of response is their response. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Listen... Listen. I never do that to people. No, I know that, but that's okay. That, see, I'm getting past Yeah, you are, but listen, that's okay. You have the ability to judge them, right? Yeah. And if you're unhappy with their etiquette, they're, they're responding or not responding. Back to what Baron said. Then you already know that's what right. you're dealing with. That's right. You know? And then you can have your own internal cutoff as to... Okay, I'm moving yeah, on. That's right. You know, this is not the way I would treat somebody. You have to. Yeah. That said, you also have to, you have to become familiar, like what what the expectations are, with a certain set of people mm-hmm. or a certain group of people, mm-hmm. right? Like there are some cities where everyone's on time and some oh everyone's late here <laughs> in, in in this city well, or whatever. LA is like that. They always put push it a half hour earlier than when it actually starts. Let's talk yeah. about audiences yeah. really quick, and I'll, and I'll pass over to Baron. Let's talk about how you can be easily offended on stage, whether you're in a small local band or a big mm-hmm. band, when you go to a place where nobody's clapping. They were going crazy in Wisconsin last night. What's wrong with these Canadians? <laughs> That's a great point. What's wrong with the French or the Swiss or whatever? That's right. They're and just you more get reserved, all mad and you walk it. off yeah. and, and they say, what are you talking about? 
I have almost opened my mouth and really blown it as a lead singer, chastising, wanting to chastise an audience that's not responding the way I need them to respond. Right. Only to not get around to it, walk off stage, the promoter's like, wow, they were totally captivated by you guys. And I was like, I thought they hated us. Wow. So as far as not getting back to you with your songs or whatever, and you ask, you got to kind of, you got to sit there for a second and go. You got to zoom out. You got you to gotta zoom out and see what it is. You don't always know, but you can't always know what's really going on on the other side. You just yeah, got to yeah. keep pushing for it, yeah. you know? Yeah. As, as much as I conduct my business with respond, you know, reach out, reply, that I get it. Not everybody does. How do you deal with this in the sales yeah. concept? So you, yeah, you're talking about something that is as old as sales itself. Itself, right. right. <laughs> and so one, one, thing, one thing to understand is that, like, uh, there, there are people... As many people as you think love to say no, yeah, not that many. Most mm. people really don't like to tell you no. Mm. And, and especially, I, I feel like this is accelerating now because it used to be like a handful of people have this go-getter, never-say-die attitude. Mm. Well, now we've been bombarded with all these inspirational stories of people who just never gave up. And if you tell somebody no now, it's almost like, here's your green light to like hammer me. Like here's your green light to come after me. That's a good one. Like I've never wanted any like door to door sales, like just kill me. Right. Call me at dinner. Like leave me alone. If I say no, that's who you are. Right. Yeah. I'm green lighting you to become that person. Now maybe you aren't that person, but overwhelmingly now, that's the that's response because I don't yeah. take the first no. And in yeah. sales, we're taught don't take the first no, right? But a couple of key things. What you're actually talking about is turning a no into a yes mm. and turning a non-response into a no. Mm, I like that. So the biggest thing that – one of the biggest things I've come to is – the the old one of my favorite sayings in sales is some will some won't so what next right some will some won't so what next right okay fine you we're not a good fit cool I'm, I'm just gonna move it. on because I'm gonna go get somebody else and, and and in this way I think sales is a lot like trying to pick somebody up at a bar right like right. if I walk up and all I'm doing is talking to you all I'm doing is buying you drinks I'm trying to keep people away from got that stink of desperation to it right? right and how many times has that ever gone well for anybody right like i guarantee you didn't find your wife that way right so you can't you can't be that guy right but you also in my world i have to get a no i have to uh, to close the account i have unquote. To, yeah i have okay that's not happening i can write that off nobody's gonna ask me any questions so mm, the biggest thing for me is that. i gotta give them permission to say no right Right. right. And, and so, right. and so for me, Agreed. a lot of what I do is like say, Hey, listen, it's been a while since we talked. Mm-hmm. I sent you this information. I'm not sure if you have other questions. Maybe we're just not a good fit. Right. Right. Maybe you, maybe we're just not a good fit is like one of the best statements ever because it. think it, it doesn't, if you're dealing with somebody who's volatile, right. Doesn't, it doesn't provoke them. It doesn't mean you're a bad right, person, Michael. Right, 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 doesn't mean right, right. I'm a bad person. We just right, don't fit. Right, right, we just right, don't fit. Right, That's right, all. Right. That's, nobody's hurt there. Yeah, I like you that. know what? You know what? It's hard not to take your music personally. Yeah, but you can't take yeah. it personally. And that's oh, no, I don't. that's to me is where I think it would get really difficult 
to invest so much of here's, your soul and yourself but, into but, something. But here, here's and and the example I used was a musical example. But let's talk about let's talk about logistics. Hey, is Soundcheck still at? I mean, is is Lobby Call still at four a.m. or has been pushed back? Because I heard you know the artist mentioned mm-hmm. something. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. come on now, people. Right. Fucking respond. It could be something as small as that or, you know, as big as your music. But absolutely, the music you cannot take personal. And now you know why I've spent less time playing yeah, guitar, And more time tour managing. More time managing. <laughs> Principles and methods, baby. Because right here I, by Sandra Smith. <laughs> I just I just couldn't wait around for that answer any longer. So I, I need to be it. the one making and giving the answer. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I love I think it. for me it's always just like, hey. This is no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. If you tell me no, no big deal. The real trick is... Right. That's how I am. I'd rather you tell me no than string me along. Right. Oh, absolutely. You tell me no and we'll still go have a beer and chill. Like, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know... People are having a hard time. But you have to give permission to say no. Listen, I've heard no before. It's not a big deal. I like that. Happens all the time. Bro, you're not upsetting me. People are afraid of no because no, they think, means confrontation. I want to say for anyone that's listening right now that if you could see us right now, I just realized that... We are represented by we have we have you on the East Coast. Yeah. We have the exact midpoint. Oh yeah, Missouri. Rep, and right. we have the Santa Monica boy right here. Ah, I mean, that. New York, One, two, LA, three. and Missouri. Yeah. I mean, wow. East Midwest. It's like you planned this. I, I, we are real. I, I, we are a real focus group. No, I have to say, I have to say, Baron planned it because he's the one who orchestrated. Well, of course this. he is. And you're not even a musician, but you orchestrated it. Come on, that was good. There we go. All, All right. right. Good. <laughs> All right, so check it out. Moving right along, we're going to wrap this up. As a guitarist or a solo uh, a solo actor, you played, record, written with uh, Daniel, how do you say that? Daniel Brisbois. Brisbois. French artist? Uh, no, American. She was uh, oh. Annie on Broadway. She was also in uh, Archie Bunker's uh Remember our, the spinoff from All in the Family? She was the little yes, girl. I do remember that. She got signed by a Sony in the early 90s. Her boyfriend at the time was uh, uh, New Radicals, Greg Alexander. Wow, who, look at that. Who worked a deal where he did her record and his record for the same record deal. Bam. She did real well in Europe. So that was my first sideman gig. I went to Love uh, that. Europe with her. Linda Perry. Linda Perry. Big songwriter. Yeah. You wrote with her? I did. Amazing. So I fronted a, well, I, I used to have a band, uh, Club Makeup was a, a monthly all-star band at the El Rey from 99 to 2002. And she fronted us. We did uh, 21st Century Zeppelin. Nice. And we did, yeah. She was uh, the singer, Bill Ward from Black Sabbath on drums wow. and Kenny Arnoff, the cult. I love Kenny. Yeah, so a bunch of people came through there. Wow. She was one of them. Then you got The Runaways, Dee Dee Ramone, Adam Lambert, William Belly, Steve Perry, George Lynch, New Order, Lisa Loeb, and Herb Alpert. All over the place, right? I love I love the diversity. Yeah. I really do. So, okay. Really, this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing both yeah. of you. And I love tying in all of these um, more philosophical you know, concepts and you know the, the paradigms and, and all these things. Okay, so moving right along. Last thing, we're going to end with this. Rapid fire fun. Favorite food, and you can both answer. Or we can make this, you know what? We could raise the stakes. How well do you really know each other? Oh, <laughs> you, you should get my wife over here. She, she's the only one that really knows <laughs> okay. anything about me. Right, I would say you can answer for one another, or you could just answer it, whatever. All right, you ready? You're ready. Favorite food? Spaghetti bolognese. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I, I cook. I, I make a lot of food. Yeah. So... I remember that. You my my me. answer could always be something different. Anything that I find that I'm that's new that I'm excited about. 
Favorite food to cook, perhaps. Ooh, something I, that you say, you know what? Your go-to. Oh, my go-to is spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, I can make that in my sleep. The only reason I said that is because on the road, that's all I'll eat because I don't trust food. I don't eat like uh, yeah, yeah. Japanese food in Japan. Yeah. No way. It's really <laughs> tough. But I'll eat it in you Culver City. Yeah. No, it's I was just moving. in October. It was awesome. Scary. <laughs> all right, favorite libation. Or were we just drinking like flat water, sparkling water? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm a Pepsi guy. Okay. I'm just Pepsi. Ooh, Pepsi. I used yeah. to love Pepsi growing up. I'm pretty addicted to sparkling water. It's pretty, it's okay. gotten to become a problem. <laughs> That's good. I like that. And you know, they say it satiates like that craving when you want something sweet or something, fi- yeah. it kind of fills you up a little bit. All right. Favorite sport. Oh, we don't have to ask Baron that. Yeah, he's dressed as, he's dressed as a Card- cardinal. As a cardinal. And we're not talking about the, uh, the football franchise either. So for you, it's baseball. baseball. Yeah. Do you have a Going favorite away. sport, Xander? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say basketball. Oh, okay. From when I was a kid. Okay. How do you spend your free time, assuming you have any? Um, trying to take my kid around town and get along that. with the family. That's fun. Yeah, I got three kids. I don't even know what free time yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best answer. What activities do you do on long flights? Um, I like to watch really bad movies. <laughs> I, I, I will always go to the bookstore and get like price gouged on a paperback book oh, really? and I'll just oh. read a book. And you'll read that? That's on gross. a trip, read a book. If I don't finish it, <laughs> forget it's okay. it. Once good. I get home, I got back into three kids and the hectic. And, do you it, fall yeah. asleep when you read or are you able to stay up to get the read in? No, I mean, I... I, I Good for you. I go. Yeah. That's awesome. Look at you. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching movies that no one will watch with me. Like I'm going right. to watch Wonder Woman by myself. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that. All right. I got to save this one for the end because I know you both have long answers. Favorite TV show or movie that you're currently streaming or watching? doesn't have to be favorite. It's something you're really into at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm in this weird pigeonhole right now where I'm watching a lot of music documentaries on Amazon. Love that. Because there's so, a million of them. Oh, so yeah. Cool. We're always so watching many them. Of, yeah. So many of them. I just watched uh, on Netflix. I just watched uh, Echo in the Canyon. Oh, yes. Which is... I was talking about Unreal. that with somebody. Which, else. if you don't grow up in Los Angeles, like a lot of this stuff, like yeah. I never knew this. That's stuff. a good uh, so schooling. Like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. How about you, Zen? I'm watching what everyone else is watching. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm watch. I watched Jack Ryan last night. Jack. Oh, what a great series! Yeah. I binged that thing. Yeah. Over yeah. the holidays, I was like, you know what? It's the holidays. I'm binging Jack. I'm just Ryan. so glad I don't have to watch Hunt for Red October for the thirteen hundredth time. <laughs> Why? Because I can, I'm just not going to get better than that or The Fugitive. You know what I mean? So oh, okay. I finally, oh, I this is so. kind of like my methadone for those movies. I see. I see. <laughs> the character's see. Okay. still alive. And do either of you shop online, brick and mortar? Do you care? Brick and mortar. I don't buy anything online. I love I brick and mortar. Everything online. Yeah. I, yeah, I I try. I, I really try to buy brick and mortar. I yeah. really do to try. To support our communities, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, I actually true. enjoy yeah. going yeah. and touching things and talking to the person that owns the store. Hey, yeah. wait a minute. I didn't ask about your personal <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more catastrophic. I feel like I feel like especially talking sweaters here. Yeah, I feel like especially online marketplace yeah. is like really eroding. Oh, it's the crazy. The middle class of America. In a I way that, like, so yeah. agree with it's that. It's just terrible. Yeah. I so agree with that. I try to buy local, try to buy brick and mortar, try to buy local. Love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. So I can I can ask you dream collaborations, Xander, but you've already had quite a few amazing uh, collaborations. Either one of you, if you've, if, uh, Baron, if you were uh, 
career musician all of a sudden, who would you want to collaborate with? I mean... You get a chance to do a song with somebody. Who would it be? Well, I mean, I know for sure I want John Paul Jones in that band. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% want now, that Now, for the guy. listeners who don't know who John yeah. Paul Jones is. Bassist, arranger, every Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. like non-drum, non-guitar, non-vocal, every instrument you ever heard... John Paul Jones was the one playing. He was crushing the it. keys, the whatever, whatever it there was. He's the guy playing it. I love it. So yeah, definitely him. Um, I'm a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Ooh, I yeah. I just I think that um, the stuff that he did was just. I, I think we really lost something when we lost. I, I think oh, his, so I think agree. his best so music agree. was still coming. Is yeah. my opinion. We went down a wormhole once, me and my wife. Uh, she's a big John Mayer fan. And yeah. She brought oh, me yeah. in. I was really not paying much attention. She's like, no, no, no. You got to give him another yeah. look. And then that led us to see where you're gone. Oh, I yeah. I was like, all right, well, listen. Yeah, you want to like play this, nother, yeah. let's go on YouTube. And let <laughs> yeah. me show you. And we were both mesmerized. And then Good. I'm, I, glad, I'm glad you brought that to the table when she brought it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I think I'm, I'm a drums guy. Like, all right, so you're giving me three collaborations now? Because it's your third one. Oh, I, I'm not the, I'm not the musician. I'm trying to put together the He's band. He's putting the band together. Oh, I like it. You're putting the band together. I'm totally messing with and you. And I man. want to put Dave Grohl on the drum. Dave Grohl. I love Dave Grohl. You know what I love about Dave Grohl? He seems like a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Yeah, he just seems like a nice guy. nice guy. guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'll also add this. Like, I I mean, unpopular opinion right here, maybe. Mm-hmm. I really think the Foo Fighters are the last great rock band. Uh, mm-hmm. Why is that unpopular? I think, well, I, I think I you're right. I, I think that's an accurate statement. I recognize that. But I think that's a very accurate statement. And as good as he is, as a front man he's which ridiculous. I've seen him live several times yeah. like and everybody's heard the story he played with a broken foot yeah. like, right, right, right. Shit. but when you watch him play the drums it's like yeah yeah cow. yeah sure holy cow yeah. all right he's so got a strong voice too People, yeah, oh he no, no, no. does he's a great front man it's a great God. songwriter yeah. and his tone and everything is just amazing all right so if you were a musician baron what instrument would you play the drums the no drums done yeah and i and i've like tinkered around like, I like it, but I, okay. I'm not. I'm not like. Hey, you know. it's never too late, man. You can and, and and music is therapeutic. So that's what it is for me. Get a drum set. Your kids are gonna destroy it and no, have you, fun. You know what? I'll tell you what. Keep I you up all night. Do. And this is crazy therapy. I put on my headphones. I go into it. Mm. I go rent a studio where yeah. they already have the drum kit. All you gotta do is bring the oh, sticks. Oh, good for you. I go put yeah, yeah. And I just good for you. Play you along. go nuts. I don't care what you think. I don't care what they heard. That's I, I good. Care. I just go. Do How it. often do you do that? Probably not. Not enough. as much as I used to. You should right? do that more but often. But I do bro. try to do it periodically. That's amazing. Yeah. And Xander, if you weren't a career musician, what would you be? Um, I would be sitting on the beach. Well, but if you had to work, oh, I've assume. already got this planned out. Okay, this is already happening. So this is my dream job. You ready? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, it's changed a little bit now that I got the family, but I think I could probably get them on board with this. All I want to do is buy about. I think I need six feet. I might need eight feet wide space on Venice Boardwalk. Okay, all I need is that. And I need a, an ice machine, like a shave ice. Yeah. And, or like, you know, and I'm just going to get a boom box. I'm just going to put on Bob Marley, and I'm just going to make snow cones all day long. <laughs> I love it. And make, what is it, a thousand percent profit on every snow cone? <laughs> and I'm just going to sit there, shorts, sandals. Chilling. Chilling. Okay. You know, people come up, hey, blah, blah, we bullshit, yeah. like we are right now. <laughs> oh, and I, these are the questions that come up. So, yeah. like, um, wow, 
I thought I, I asked for raspberry. This is raspberry. Raspberry is blue? Yeah, did you know that? It's, isn't that weird that raspberry is actually blue? I did not know that. Look That'll that. be 50 cents. <laughs> I love it. All right, I got to ask you both this, but I have to limit you. You cannot give me a dissertation on this question, all right? Each Wrong of you. Oh, crap. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go pick up the, the yes. kid. We got we gotta, We're I, I going okay. to the mall. Okay, okay. The last song or band that you listen to that just, like, gets you going. Most recent artist band song that you've listened to that you're like, oh, man, I love this band, this person, this artist. Most recent thing yeah, that I've something, heard? Something that's like, floating your boat. Oh, so, well, I can't give it um, like, oh my God, you guys got to hear these guys. Like, it's transformative. And for you, let me say that you're not working with. Yeah. As a musician, that you're not working with. So if it was Stevie Ray Vaughan, then that would be a solid answer. Right. Sure. Well, listen, the last deep dive I got into, honestly, was John Mayer. John, okay. Because I had closed, I had shut down I to John, John Mayer. I love John too. John's dope. It happens to me a lot. And, yeah. and unfortunately, I, I don't want to be aged out but right. i'm like oh they're doing this other well because you know. you, you're a musician so you recognize all of the little intricacies and tools they're using you're like oh yeah i can i can reverse engineer that like right now exactly yeah and yeah. i and i found that i had underestimated john mayer the guy yeah, he's he's really talented good. very and, talented and songwriter. we just went and saw him a few yes. months ago and as far as singing and playing at the same time and jumping See, around, that's what I was talking and you know about. what, he yeah. grew up and he's actually now as a front man. Yeah, he's a he's authentic. He's, he's a nice guy, guy up there. He's yeah. like, I I know, I get it. I used to be whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's play some music to have a good time. So yeah. I really, really enjoy getting turned on to his stuff. That's good. Um, heard a song for the first time last night just because I was listening to satellite radio and they yeah. said. Well, remember that one song? That they were talking about husbands and wives that stay together in the music business, which yeah. is rare. Yeah. And then the DJ was like, oh, yeah, what about that band, The Weepies? Never heard of them. Wow. Have no idea what you're talking about. And I, as I was in the car, I, at the stoplight, I typed in The Weepies. I heard the song. It's just a, it's just a, a guy and a girl singing harmonies. And I oh, was like, awesome. it was a two-minute song. And I was like, okay, that's pretty great. I love that. You know? Perfect. Yeah, Aaron? I'll, so I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you two. Uh, recent artist... And mine isn't necessarily as much musician, musical kind of thing. I really dig Lizzo. Lizzo. Oh, my I, wife I, Lola loves Lizzo. I, well, here's She's why, so dope. Here's why I dig Lizzo. She is she is who she is. She is. She does unapologetically. not fit, right? She does not yes. fit. Yeah. If you look at her, yes. you go, you are not a star, right? Yeah. Society today well, says. Well, society's culture has done that. Yes. That's, yeah, that's exactly. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says you're not a star. And yeah. she says, oh, yeah, I am. And, and here's right. how. And by the way, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to wear frumpy clothes. That's right. I'm not. I'm. I know what my body is. I don't care what you think. I'm going to be me. And, right. and I'm going to do a flute solo. And I'm going to do a flute <laughs> solo, cool right? That? Like not only am I doing this, I'm also like a crazy flautist, right? I love it. But I will tell you this: the last like real serious deep dive I did, I watched. Uh, I watched a thing on uh, the Allman Brothers, oh, and I went. I've always, I mean, I'm from the Midwest, so like the Allman Brothers are like heavy rotation, even to this day. Right. Like, go to the Midwest, you're gonna hear, you know, mm -hmm. midnight <laughs> sooner or later, it's coming, right? Yeah. But I really went down the wormhole and really got into like Greg Allman and. Mm. 
because the way that went down, Greg Allman's like immortalized. But I mean, Dwayne Allman's got a crazy story. Sure. And, you know, blues background musician like he, a lot of people, they, they said that they called him like the greatest white blues vocalist ever. Mm. Wow. And when you listen to him, you're like, yeah. oh, you I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that band's got a crazy story. That's that so cool. What yeah, happened yeah. to the Allman Brothers after Dwayne dies, mm-hmm. or after Greg dies, sorry, is yeah. just unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Amazing. Two documentaries on Amazon Prime, both well worth the oh, watch. Oh, great. Love it. Yeah. Gentlemen, this has been an awesome we're going to come back and we're going to drill you about the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. I want to all yeah, yeah, yeah. New York. We want to find out the truth. We we know it's more than just pizza, Bruce, and John Bon Jovi. Okay? Uh, we man, know. Now, you summed it up pretty well, man. Of course, you got the Goombas. You know, I'm half Goomba. Yeah, so, you know. You so. know. Yeah. And, Philly and, versus New Jersey. And, 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 and Shouldn't and Philadelphia be in New Jersey? Don't kinda? forget, don't forget <laughs> though, he's also, he's Long Island. Yeah. So we have yeah. to talk about like, Sir, Sir Strong Island. Sir, Sir Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy Sir Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. When people yeah. say Elton or Billy, I say, shut up, don't ever talk to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, right. If you have to ask, you don't know. So my, my girlfriend, <laughs> real don't quick, forget, I, it's Eddie Billy. Murphy's from Long Island. We're on the way out, but I will tell you this. I love to annoy my girlfriend, who's also from Long Island. Island, oh, and so right. I refer I refer to <laughs> I refer to Billy Joel as the American Elton John. She hates oh, it. She hates see? it. Yeah. She hates That's it. just not fair. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I like them both. They're both amazing songwriters yeah. and performers. But you know, of course, my affinity for for Billy. You know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a fan. Don't yeah. worry. Me too. Uh, Me too. Yeah, 100. Xander Smith, thank you for driving over the hill to get over here no, from the thank, West Side. No, thank you. Thank me for driving back over the hill because now it's <laughs> right going to really now. count. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for both here and back. Yeah, you're so welcome. <laughs> thank you, Baron Graf, for orchestrating this. Even though you're not technically in music, you still are orchestrating your ass off. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you so much for connecting the yeah, dots. You're the Clive Davis in this situation. Yeah, there you yeah. go. See, so you are a career musician. No, and I really do believe that whole shtick about sales and music. Being- the Career Musician Podcast with your host, Nomad. Your value is not determined by the gig. Learn more by listening to the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Hi, I'm Catherine Wood, studio owner, engineer, producer, And you're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with my old pal, Nomad. Hi, I'm producer Eric G, and you're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with my buddy, Nomad. Hi, everyone. This is Brian Spawn, owner of Spawn Drums and Simtech Cymbals. You're listening to Nomad, the Career Musician. Words of wisdom here, folks, so listen up. Just a nomad, nowhere man Writing the songs in this one-man band A nomad, yeah I'm a Now I'm done and you
Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast, and I am thoroughly stoked to be an official member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast Network is the first of its kind as an all-music-based podcast collective. Please be sure to check us out at pantheonpodcast.com for more info. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Pick some up at Walmart today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.